What's up? It's Terrence the God, and you're listening to FPFO presented by the G2S Network. Howdy, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we back. Hey, listen, no, man, I, I, I'm not even going. I'm not going to do it yet. Welcome to Four Panthers fans only FPFO. I'm your yep. host JJ. I'm your co-host Terrence the God. Welcome back. No. But then I know huge, huge, huge win. Strong. Huge win. Um, after coming off a horrible performance, y'all know how we were feeling after that one because <laughs> we made that very clear. <laughs> I actually, I was like so fed up. I'm surprised we went as long as we did. I ain't gonna lie. Last week. For real. Um, happy Monday. Um, don't let the stigma of Monday being Touch bad exist in your life. <laughs> Mondays are great. Especially when it's a fucking victory Monday, because we still acknowledge that shit as a victory Monday, nigga. What up? Touching you. Time. Sweet there we go. Ba, ba, ba. Hey. Yeah, we don't got shots tonight. We don't got shots tonight. We got the platinum. But, like, we need the deal. What up with it? Big dogs, big dogs. We had to lay off on the shots today because Terrence came in this bitch being soft. Hey, if you was with me this weekend, you you know. <laughs> you talking about, bro, I, I, I don't want to drink nothing, bro. We ain't doing, whatever you think we doing with the shots, we not doing. It's taking so much right. of me to even drink this, so. Okay. <laughs> I, I appreciate you doing it for the people. Hey, man, we got to get the people what they want. For sure. For sure. Again, welcome to FPFO, man. Um, Carolina Panthers did pull out the win, 25 to 15. Thursday night football on primetime. Well, you want to sing that shit, don't you? I see you moving that head. I'm going to let you, I'll let you rock out, gang. Then I'll do the intro. We're going to let you rock out. Uh-huh. Touching you. Time. Sweet Carolina. Bump. I'm not gonna chief, chief your make the whole time, bro. You good, bro. Do you, man? That shit is so burnt. <laughs> but like I was saying, welcome back. Um, big win. Um, Thursday night prime time. So this is why y'all were getting the podcast a little early. You know, I let Terrence make the executive decision. He told me, <laughs> have your ass back and carry. Oh. Damn, matter of fact, I shouldn't even have said that. Yo. I don't even want niggas know the location. But he said, have your ass back and carry Sunday night so we can record and drop Monday morning for the people. So I said, yes, sir. Okay, cool. That's what we going to do. Yeah. So, again, this is why you're getting it um, when you're getting it. If you're tuning in on YouTube, thank you for being here. Hit that subscribe button, like, comment, share with a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Spin that FPFO. You know the vibes, man. Um Audio links will be in the description below. If you you know if you're working or you're driving or whatever, and you're not able to watch, you can click on that. Um, catch us on all DSPs. Um, again, make sure you hit that subscribe button so we can run that up too. Ah, yep. uh, yeah. it feels so good. It feels so good to get a win. Feels great. 
we've only had this feeling three three weeks out of the <laughs> ten, you know. So it, it's not a it's not a you know regular occurrence that this happens. So every time it happens, I, I relish the moment because <laughs> y'all know how angry I get and frustrated I get when we lose. Thursday, it, it, it felt good. I will say I thought we were gonna fold. <laughs> I, I, I text this nigga Terrence. And I was like, bro, are we about to fold? Just, just that simple too. Like I don't know, not even, not necessarily out of nowhere, but like we stopped texting for probably about fifteen to twenty minutes, and then I just hit them randomly, like when shit started going south a little bit, and I was like, bro, are we about to fold? Just because I wanted to mentally prepare, because usually when Terrence say some shit, it'd be right. So I just be like, okay, let me go ask Terrence, because if he say we about to fold, then I already know it's rap. Hey, they they had me nervous too. I ain't gonna cap. Yeah, for sure. Oh. For sure. Um, let's get into it a little bit, just for the quick intro, just because I don't really. I mean, it's you know, I, I really go on my 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 intro rants when we lose. Yeah. So, as far as when we win, it's not a rant necessarily. It's just a a, a mini takeaway of what I saw. Um, great win. Let's start there. Great win. Great divisional win. Pushes us to what three and one in division? Yeah, we only lost to the Falcons. Yeah, so I mean, every win that we gained this year has been in the division. So that's a that's a good thing, I guess, to a certain degree. Um, three and one in the division. Unfortunately, Seattle was were not able to get their job done um, this morning in Germany against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it makes our path to a division title. A little more difficult, yeah. Um, but the, the win against Atlanta, it, you know, it put us in a again another position to be successful and to potentially win the NFC South Championship. Yeah. So on, on a more serious like question, um, so hypothetically speaking, say we we beat Tampa again, we beat New Orleans again, that that doesn't mean shit for us if if they have the better record overall. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that means shit for us if they had a better record. It would only be if we were, like, tied up. Yeah. And then it, that, it just, that would be the tiebreaker. Mm, okay, yeah. cool. So, I mean, we could go undefeated in the damn division, win six games off of division play, but not win another game, be 6-11, and 11, and we ass out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. terrible. So, But like I said, the, the Buccaneers did win this morning, 5-5 um, five, five again. We are recording on Sunday. I will get it tomorrow morning, Monday. But that's why I said happy Monday because that's when y'all be tuning in, I would assume. Um, so five and five for Tampa Bay, um, four and six for Atlanta. Then we're sitting at three and seven. Um, and the Saints are below us at three and seven because we do have the tiebreaker over them. They're one and two in the division and we're three and one. So that's what we're looking at right now as far as the South goes. And we're going to actually dive into that a little bit more later on down the road this podcast just to see, you know, what the potential outcome is for the NFC South title. I'm aware that a lot of y'all have thrown in the towel for this season. I know that a lot of y'all don't want to hear any talks at all of a potential divisional title. Y'all don't want to hear any talks at all of a playoff berth, but I am not that guy. I'm not that guy. I know I came in here probably two or three weeks ago, me and Terrence were on the same page that it was just time to wrap it up. But the way this team has played with the exception of the Cincinnati game, the way they've played since Matt Rule has been gone has been completely different. Um, energy level has been different. 
you know, I would assume the building feels a lot different just based on, you know, the, the interviews and things of that nature that I see coming out on a weekend, week out basis. So I am not that guy. All of that being said, that has wrapped the season. I'm not. I'm not. Terrence, I don't know how you feel and you can let me know, but we still have a shot uh, for a playoff berth with the NFC South Championship. We do. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. I mean, we we definitely we definitely have a chance. Um and I I'm the type who I I wanna be like brutally honest. If I can be honest, I don't think that we'll go to the playoffs. But okay. looking at the schedule, I mean we play some very winnable games. Like other than Baltimore, as most would predict, that we'll lose that one. Uh, I mean, we can still we can win any game, but I'm just saying most predict we'll lose that one. But the Broncos, they look shitty. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks look they look good, but I mean they just lost to a Tampa Bay team that we beat the dog shit out of. Yeah, and also I I still don't fully trust Geno Smith, and that's their quarterback. So I say we got a chance of winning that game. The Steelers, they look like dog shit. Uh, other than today, they beat the Saints, but they beat they played the Saints, right? Yeah. But right. that ain't really saying much because we beat their ass too. So um, the Lions, <laughs> we mm. <laughs> I ain't gonna really say too much on that. And then we play Tampa Bay and uh, New Orleans again, which two teams that we beat, and I would say that we beat those teams pretty 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 good um, <clears throat> for sure. And the first New Orleans game. We won that without the the coaching job of Steve Wilkes. So, I mean, and, and like you said, like, this team definitely looks a lot different. Um, I know that was kind of hard to tell again in the uh, Cincinnati game. Yeah. But even the game that we lost, when, when was his first game? Uh, against the Rams. the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even the games that we've lost, like, the energy level just looks completely different. Yeah. Like, you can, you can tell when the players are playing uh, – under the exception of, of some some uh, plays and stuff during the game. But you can tell that the players, they seem like they're very bought in to what Steve Wilson's has brought to the table. For sure. Um, they seem like they want to play for him. And so the energy level just looks completely different than when Matt Rule was head coach. And so that's what – that's the thing that I'm, I'm harping my head on the most about this team going forward. Um, I just like the energy that they're playing with. And with that kind of energy, you can beat any football team. And so I know our record might not show it, but if you've truly been watching the games and you've watched since Matt Rule has gotten fired to now when Steve Wilkes has taken over, it looks like a completely different football team, even though our record says otherwise. Yeah. So, I mean, I I, I think we have a shot. Um, You can't completely throw us out of the picture. I personally just don't think we will make the playoffs, but – I'm just saying we still have a we have a shot. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we'll take a look at the rest of the division and their schedule and what they have um, going forward in a, in a couple minutes here. Um, just to do a quick summary of the game on Thursday night, again the Carolina Panthers did win twenty five to fifteen, moving us to, uh, moving us to three and seven as the Fal- the Falcons fall to four and six. Um, P.J. Walker, 10 to 16, 108 yards. Really, I mean, really, 
just a subpar game from him. Actually, really a bullshit game from him, if I'm being honest. Um, 10 of 16, again, QBR of 19.8. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're gonna have a we're gonna have a little conversation about PJ Walker a little bit here as well. Um, but that was his final stat line. 31 carries for 130 yards and a touchdown for Deontay Foreman. Um, the second leader rusher was LaVisca Chenault with two carries for 42 yards and a touchdown. Um, and then Blackshear, my guy, six touches for 32 yards. Um, Receiving-wise, nothing really to write home about. Terrace Marshall with one catch for 43 yards. That's, it, it's been great to see Terrace Marshall get more involved. Yeah, not nah, for real. <clears throat> um, and I know I, 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 I on this podcast I wrote him off just because of you know, what the coaching staff was saying, the, the previous regime, what they were saying. Um, you know, Matt Rule was extremely tough on him over the summer. Matt Rule came out and said, you know, that, that Terrence Marshall needed to work harder. He needed to be available, things of that nature. Then when Terrence Marshall was available, based on what the, you know, we were told based on the injury report, when he was available, you know, he was inactive. And that was a coaching thing. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, he was one of the guys who we were calling for. Um, Terrence Marshall, Rashard Higgins, uh, LaVisca, when we brought him in, you know, it was we understood that maybe not week one or week two, but as time went on, we didn't understand why these guys weren't getting opportunities as well. So, again, Terrence Marshall was one of those guys that we, we've been looking for. Um, so it's really great to see him get a lot more involved with the offense because, you know, at this point he's been showing his, his true talent. Yeah. And, and showing that he really does have potential to be a true number two on this team and really, if not, you know, a, a number one. Yeah. Honestly, and, and with DJ Moore and the player that we know him to be, if Terrence Marshall can continue to develop and continue to build off the games that he had the previous, you know, the previous two or three weeks, whatever it may have you, I think that, you know, that receiving core will be anchored by two great guys. Yeah. Two great talents. So, well, it, it'll be interesting to see um, along those, that um, line of statements, 4 of 29 for the. DJ Moore, so not really much from him. Uh, Shaw Smith, one catch for 17 yards. LaVisca Chenault, three for 17. Um, Tackle-wise, does this count when I say, does this count? (laughs) Okay, just to inform the viewers and the listeners, me and Terrence have a bet. I don't really want to get into the details of the bet, but I just need to know, is this going to count towards our bet? Because the over-under was three and a half. The line that I yeah, said. it. Uh, How can it, bro? I'm going through the stats. I'm going through the stats. Nah, it, this don't count. This okay. don't count. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Perfect. Frankie Louvu, that nigga, <laughs> that nigga, 12 tackles, uh, two sacks, two TFLs. Um, those kind of go hand in hand as far as ESPN doing their stats and things of that nature. Um, but he did lead the team. Xavier Woods had eight total tackles. Um, uh, another drop interception. I mean, Jesus Char- Christ, God, bro, Jesus Christ. Dante bro. It, Jackson it, dropped one too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's really just ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous, bro. I really don't know how difficult it is to catch a football. Yeah, it, honestly, honestly, like, I really don't care if you play defense or not. Yeah, that's facts. probably the thing that pissed me off the most Thursday was it was the missed opportunities defensively. Nah, because for sure. we have we had numerous, and yes, we did. You know, we did have the takeaway with J.C. Horn. Mm-hmm. We did have that one, and that was a big moment in the football game. But my God, bro, I don't know how many time, how many interceptions we had to drop before we finally, you know, 
start executing on these opportunities that we have to to swing the momentum. Yeah, Shaq Shaq missed one too. Um, he jumped the route. Guy uh, coming across the field. I think it was like a crossing route. Yep. He jumped the route and the ball literally went right between his hands. Like, I don't even think he touched it. Yeah. Like, he formed his hands to catch it, and the shit just went right through. <laughs> like, luckily, yeah. the dude didn't catch the ball, but I'm just like, bro, it's how hard can it be? And Shaq has actually had about two or three dropped interceptions to yeah, this so, season. I don't know. Just right off the top of my head, he might have more, but I know for a yeah. fact there's been two or three instances where he's had a, like, easy, easy opportunity to... to uh, get a takeaway and he just dropped it. And they be out there doing the DB drills and warm-ups, fucking catching and everything. <laughs> so I, I don't get it. Maybe we need to bring the jug machine to the games I don't and know, just bro. sit that motherfucker on the side. <laughs> I don't know. And just let, and just let it toss the ball at him because it, it, it's ridiculous at this point, honestly. Oh, God. Uh, for the Atlanta Falcons, Marcus Mariota, 19-30, uh, 186, two touchdowns and one pick. Those numbers, I, I mean, like we just talked about, those numbers are the nice version of the night that Marcus Mariota had because he he looked like complete dog shit, I'll yeah. be honest. Um, and that's with all due respect, but he he, he looked horrible. He looked horrible. Um, again, there were probably about three or four opportunities that we dropped that, I mean, just, just passes really that should not have been thrown. Yeah. Should not have been thrown. So rough night for Marcus Mariota on the, on the passing front. Um, he did, however, lead the team in rushing yards with 43 on three uh, three attempts. Excuse me. Um, Demir Bird, I don't know what it is when he sees Carolina, but he just seems to, you know, transform into a different player because yeah. he doesn't do shit else <laughs> in any other game with the exception of the Carolina game. So he ended up leading their, their team in yardage um, on the receiving end, 3 of 58. Drake London had 5 for 38 in a touchdown. Um, and then other than that, I mean, nothing really to write home about, <clears throat> um, relatively quiet night for Grady Jarrett, uh, five tackles for one, or excuse me, one solo, no TFLs, nothing. So that, you know, anytime you neutralize a threat like him, you're going to have a good night, uh, offensively. And that's what we show. We continue to the football down their throat and things of that nature, which was it really was just beautiful to see. Um, so let's get into it, bro. <clears throat> let's get into it. With all of that being said, let's get into it. Um, I'll let you start. How did you feel about the game uh, Thursday night, and, and what did you see that you know kind of gave you a little bit of hope, I guess, in the season, or you know, just what was your your opinion on the game Thursday? Um. As you know, if you watch the podcast, then you know we didn't really give a score prediction or anything like that. But I did have us winning this game. Um, I think I, off the records, I had us winning twenty to seventeen. Yeah. But um, I just seen a team with the ability to bounce back, mm. to respond to a terrible loss the previous week, and coming off a short week as well, and so. And I, I say hats off to the team, of course. Um, the players played great. Um, I think it was, a, it was a great game of football. The team responded well. Um, but really hats off to Steve Wilkes um, to will a team back on the field after an embarrassing loss in Cincinnati um, and then having to turn the team around on a short week and get them to play up to that level. It, it's very big. It's very big for 
um, his coaching stint too. I would say, um, I think he's he's been showing he's been showing that Steve Steve Wilson is going to be a great coach in the future. I personally think. Um, but yeah, I, I think the team played well. Um, defense they stepped up, played well, made Marcus Mariota very uncomfortable. And like you said, he had a bunch of ill-advised throws throughout the game. But yeah. I think that was simply because like. I mean, the defense was on his ass all game. Yeah. Like, he was running around all game. And I think that when we we put our defense in a position to just mix up mix up blitz packages and seeing different things at the offense, at the quarterback, then we're a very hard team to, team to beat when we're clicking on all cylinders like that. And so I think that's what happened. Like, Marcus Mariota seeing so many different people blitzing them, so many different coverages, and so – Hats off to the defense, but especially hats off to the offensive line. Uh, the offensive line played great. Deontay Foreman with another north of 100-yard game. Um, and I don't want to get too too deep into it right now. But that go just, ahead, because I, I was just looking at the topics, and I forgot that you put this in here. So go ahead and make your statement. Yeah, so <laughs> that so my statement that I made was <laughs> CMC who? We got Deontay Foreman. Mm. That's all I got to say. Mm. That's all I got to say. CMC who we got Deontay Foreman and we better pay that man. And But really hats off to the offensive line. Um, and it's, I find this kind of funny, JJ. What's that? I What's find that? this funny. What's that, bro? This is the same exact offensive line that was blocking for Baker Mayfield. Or am I am I wrong? No, not at all. But, but what did not the people all. say? The offensive line sucked. The offensive line sucked. It's suck. the we offensive no line. Weapons, uh, you know, he has no time in the pocket, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. And it's just crazy to me. It's just completely crazy that behind a terrible offensive line, a running back can continuously get north of a hundred yards every game. A quarterback can have continue to have a lot of time in the pocket. Sure. To make throws, I mean, other than him just completely fucking up the throw, but I mean, which has happened on more than one occasion, exactly. <laughs> but he has time, so I find that kind of funny. Um, I don't know. Maybe y'all let me know. Did we change up the offensive line? Did we go get a whole new offensive line? I thought this was the same one, <laughs> but the same I one. could be tripping. But for sure, y'all remind me. I could be tripping. I, I mean, I did have a long weekend, so I don't know. I might be tripping, but I mean, yeah. So. I, with that being said, I mean, the team just played great, honestly. Um, great game of football. There is some stuff that uh, we can go back and look at that we need to clean up, that we need to fix. But, I mean, we came out and got a dub, and that, that's what we asked for. Yeah. When, uh, leaving off of last podcast, we left off saying that we just need we need to see a better game than what we've seen in the previous week yep, because sure. we look like complete dog shit. For sure. So, it was like we need to see a better game, and – that's what happened. That's how they responded. And so, hats off to the team. Great dub. And, I mean, that that was my takeaway. Facts. And just kind of to go back to your um, to your point about the offensive line. I mean, <clears throat> again, the offensive line only allows one sack. You know, so that whole – you know, and not to really speak on Baker Mayfield too much because I, I really – you know, when he has no – uh, precedent, I guess you could say, on the game or no, you know, ability to change anything in the game. I don't even like bringing him up because his play 
through the first couple of weeks, the first month to month and a half just made me sick. But just to go off of, like you said, the offensive line thing, that shit was just a false narrative created by Oklahoma fans that have been riding with Baker since he's been in the league and Carolina Panthers fans that, you know, thought Baker Mayfield was going to be the answer. That's simply all that was. It was a false narrative. There's been, I want to say, three or four weeks where the offense has only allowed one sack consecutively. Consecutively. Three or four weeks consecutively that the offensive line has only allowed one sack. So that whole that whole narrative was just completely false. And again, it was just a narrative that was created by people that support Baker Mayfield, you know, to to disregard or to dismiss his shit play on the field. So that whole narrative can die. I, I, I Again, I'll reemphasize the point. Baker Mayfield, in my opinion, never needs to touch the field again for the Carolina Panthers. Um, the whole, you know, the whole bullshit after the game with him head, but like it's just, it, 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 it looks very attention whorish. <laughs> it looks very attention whorish. I'll just be honest. Even Al Michael said something about it. You know, what did he say? You're going to give yourself a concussion even yeah. if you don't play. Exactly. <laughs> you know, even if, you, even if you're not playing on the field, you're still, you know, it's still going to be a problem if you give yourself a concussion. So, it's just, you know, stuff like that. Yes, I understand that, you know, the, the, the understanding in the locker room is that he's a good teammate and things of that nature. But I, I, I don't do shit like that. Don't do shit like that because... Because you feel like the the spotlight needs to be on you. Yeah, nah, for sure. That because was definitely that's what I took. That, that's what I took away from. Yeah, that. for sure. That's what I took away from that. And for me personally, I didn't like that. Yes, be excited for your team and things of that nature. You know, celebrate your guys. A huge team win. Um, I'm happy that you're happy that the team is winning. But as far as things like you know things like that, dead it, dead it. Because you know that shit lame as hell to me. That shit lame as hell to me, bro. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. But <clears throat> just kind of getting off Baker Mayfield, I gave that nigga way too much time. But we be giving him too much time, bro. I swear to God, we be giving him too much time. And like the thing about it is, I know that's what he wants. He just wants to be in the spotlight. So we just be feeding into that shit. Because people want him to be in the spotlight too. Because they gonna be on your head about that as well. Well, I mean that's fine. <laughs> well, people can be on my talk about that all they want. But shit, though, I mean the numbers don't lie. Yeah, like you just right. said before we even went live, the, the numbers don't lie. So y'all can be on my top all y'all want, but only thing you have to do is look at the game film. And if you need to look at it, DM me, DM the page for Panthers fans only on Instagram. <laughs> I will give you our NFL Plus information, and you can log in and you can get the all twenty twenty two, the all twenty two version, the condensed version, or the full game version, whichever version you want to look at. Either way, that motherfucker look like some bullshit. No matter how y'all want to, you know how y'all want to feel. That's just the reality of the situation. They can be on my top. That's fine. He's sorry. Like Uncle Shay Shay say, he was, you saw what he said. He was on skip top. He's sorry. Yeah, exactly. Because he, he he's no good, bro. And we don't want to see that. Like, don't take away from what we got going on because you want to be right in the middle of the attention, bro. Yeah, that shit not cool. Um. Anyways, fuck that nigga. Uh, with all due respect, of course. <laughs> uh, for me, I think that 
as long as we continue to run the football the way we've been doing, we have a shot. Um, we saw last week when we weren't able to run the football, what could potentially occur. Last week being last Sunday, um, because I don't, I don't want it, you know, I don't want it anything to get confused uh, because we did have the game Sunday and then the game Thursday. So the game against Cincinnati, we saw what can occur when we don't establish that run game early. Um, when we get dominated at the point of attack, you know, and then when defense unfortunately allows the, uh, you know, the opposing offense to get started early and put a lot of points on the board early and take that run game away, it shows how ineffective this offense can be. Um, everything I just said, you know, about Baker Mayfield, that is not to big up P.J. Walker in any sense. Yeah. At all, either because <clears throat> PJ Walker the past two weeks has not looked good. PJ Walker the last two weeks has, you know, he has not looked good at all, in my opinion. Um, a lot of ill-advised throws. You know, we we came in here and we talked about the the Panthers defenders and them dropping interceptions. Well, that really goes both ways as well because the Atlanta Falcons had about three or four interceptions that they dropped too. And they dropped a couple in huge spots in the game. I want to say they dropped, what, like one or two in the fourth quarter, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um. So a couple weeks ago, you know, we were kind of riding a high. Um. And I don't know if this was after the first Atlanta game or what, but we were kind of riding a high. I know I probably came out here and said, you know, P.J. Walker was the, could potentially be the guy. You couple him with Steve Wilkes and give them time to mesh and things of that nature. Um, but I'm going to retract that statement. P.J. Walker is not the guy. <laughs> P.J. Walker is not the guy. I, You know, I had no problem coming on here saying that I was wrong. P.J. Walker is not the guy at all. Um, what he's done the last two weeks has been below average. Um, and if we didn't have Deontay Foreman, you know, we're looking at... One and seven, yeah, one and eight, one and oh, nine, one whatever, eight. yeah, yeah whatever, nine. whatever, yeah. We're it's not good, it's not good. That nigga down on his dick. <laughs> I swear to God. You all right, bro? You need to we need to pause real quick. Okay, <laughs> you sure? Yeah. Um. But yeah, PJ Walker, he he just doesn't have it. Yeah. He just doesn't have it. Um. And that's not to say that maybe he can't develop and become a good quarterback because we saw what he was able to do on the XFL level, but the XFL ain't the NFL. Yeah. And I think that a lot of the shit that worked in the XFL for P.J. Walker, at times he tries to bring it over to the NFL. Um, and, and it just hasn't it hasn't looked good. Yeah. It hasn't looked good. Um, I fear once we play you know, Baltimore, once we play Buffalo, teams that are able to offensively run it up because – Again, our defense at times look looks very porous as well, uh, and that's something else that I that I'll touch on here in a second. But um, you know, kind of kind of going off of this the whole can we make the make the playoffs and win the NFC South thing? Yes, I have faith that we can still do it. Um, but PJ Walker has to play at an elite level. Yeah, um, elite elite level <laughs> is subjective. Um, but I need to see the P.J. Walker from the Atlanta game, the first Atlanta game. Yeah. Well, I got a question for you then. Okay. This, this is a question that 
I think a lot of fans need to hear because I, I've been debating with a few on this topic. Like, you can admit that P.J. Walker may not be the guy for the Carolina Panthers, like, going forward into next season. But in that same breath, you can also say that he's better than Baker Mayfield is. He gives the, ch- he gives the team a better chance to win than Baker Mayfield has shown. Yeah. Can you say that in the same breath? Yes, absolutely. Okay, cool. Absolutely. And I would say that based on what we saw last year with Sam Darnold, I would have to say that P.J. Walker is going to be a better option than that as well. Yeah, by also saying that he still, in my opinion, is probably not the answer for the Carolina Panthers in the future, but he's the best quarterback on the roster that we – he gives the team a better chance to win than any other quarterback on the roster right now. Yes. Okay. And, and, and you know, a lot of people wouldn't want you to use the best – quarterback on the roster just because it kind of you know it sounds like it has a positive connotation I guess you could say um, and and trying to gas him up or whatever may have you I mean the simple fact of the matter of of it is in my opinion is that yes PJ Walker puts us in the best position to win football games cool you know that that sentiment has been echoed from between me and you for the past three to four to five weeks yeah as it pertains to him that still hasn't changed yeah that still hasn't changed because the last time I saw Baker Mayfield, you know, we got blasted at home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if I'm not mistaken, we were at the game. Oh, yeah, we were. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, no. Um, no, Baker Mayfield is not the answer either. No, Sam Darnold is not the answer either. But at the, in that same breath, like, PJ, yes, he he – Gives us the best chance to win the football. Okay, because it seems like people people make it seem like two of those things can't be true. Like both of those things. Yeah, can't I was be about true. to say two things can always be true. Yeah, two things can always be true. Um, and right now those two things are true. <laughs> yeah, PJ Walker is not the answer for the Carolina Panthers as it pertains to the future, but as it pertains to right now, he's one thousand percent is the answer because Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold are damn sure not the answer. <laughs> now, I've seen a lot of things going around on Twitter and things of that nature about giving Matt Corral a shot, um, just seeing what he could potentially do behind this offensive line with these weapons and things of that nature. I don't want to see it. And the only reason I say that is because, you know, nothing really good can come out of it. Yeah. Yes, you're going to give him more reps. You're going to get him more reps, whatever may have you. But at the end of the day, like, you come in – you let Matt Corral play. Hypothetically, Matt Corral, you know, rolls off four or five wins in a row. Now everybody's thinking Matt Corral is the answer. Now we're sitting at draft pick number, you know, 12, 13, whatever it may have you. Take us completely out of uh, contention for a top three pick, top five pick, whatever it may have you. And now we're banking on Matt Corral to be our franchise quarterback. So that's one theory, or that's one way it could play out. Another way it could play out, the nigga comes in, he's light in the ass, gets blasted in his shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> now he got a torn ACL, or now he got a broken collarbone that's going to take him XYZ to recover from after already coming off of an injury. I, I, for me personally, I just don't like it. Um, yes, I want us to continue to win football games, but as it stands right now, we still have the number three pick in the draft. That'll give us one of the top quarterback prospects in the, in the you know in the class for next year. I don't know. So is Matt Corral <laughs> coming back? 
I don't know, bro. I mean, from the looks of it, what people are trying to act like is like he's he's back healthy and like he's back ready to go. Interesting. But I mean, so what? <laughs> because uh, though we just said everything we just said about Baker and Sam Darnold, if you think that I'm allowing Matt Corral to go over them two, hell no. Yeah. I mean. But then again, I guess you got to give these guys a shot, right? Yeah, I was about to say because, I mean, if we get to the point where it's just like, we can't really do shit, then, I mean, like, then throw him in, like, see what he can do. But, yeah, don't put him in a put him in now in the position that we're in now because I don't, I don't want an experimental project right now. Me either. Like, <laughs> Me like either. I, I don't, I don't need that right now with the position that we're in to that we can still hypothetically make the playoffs. Like right. I don't want, I, I don't need an experiment. And ultimately, that's what everything comes back down to, is because we're delusional enough to think that we can still make the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it's just like, yeah, I mean, ideally, I guess like you let Matt Corral go and you see what he has because that. Listen, at the end of the day, if Matt Corral is the answer that we've all been waiting for and looking for, then we don't got to burn that top prospect for next year. We can go somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, that's true, too. You know what I'm saying? But I just, you know, based on what I saw in preseason last year, or excuse me, this this year in preseason, he's not the answer. <laughs> he's not the answer. So does the answer at quarterbacks, uh, you know, reside on the roster currently? The answer is no. No, you know, the, the answer is no. So, with all of that being said, PJ Walker looked extremely mediocre, and actually not even mediocre. PJ Walker did not look good um, Thursday night. He did have a couple of good passes. Don't get me wrong, um, but as far as you know, being the guy that we were trying to make him seem like three weeks ago, he he he's not that guy. He's not that guy, and it's unfortunate because you know I want the best for the guy, but in that same breath. We have to be realistic. We got to be realistic. Um, another takeaway from the game, and then we'll kind of move on to a couple of other topics. Um, defense, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a conditioning issue. I don't know, you know, if it's us not drilling, tackling good enough in practice. But this whole thing that we do where – like one, two, three drives consecutively or whatever may have you, we allow ourselves to be punched in the mouth just don't work for me. It it, it just doesn't cut it for me. Um now I will say as a team we responded because we did have a we did have the opportunity to fold. Yeah, for sure. I think I can't remember what happened on the offensive drive prior to us closing out the second half. Um, I don't know if we turn the ball over or what. I, I really just can't remember. Um, what I do know is Atlanta somehow ended up with the football. They go down, they kick a field goal. Then they come back out at halftime and score a touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Well, we, we got the ball back at halftime, but I don't think we yeah. – we, we, we must have went three and out. We went three and out. And then we went that, three and yeah. out quick. Yeah. Like, we went three and out quick, and then I believe, like, if I'm not mistaken, we allowed a touchdown – so we allowed the, you know Atlanta to go on a 10-0 run, but it was just like this ain't the same. I, I I really don't get it, and it's one of the more frustrating things that I see with this team is that the defense can play so 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 well, you know, for for ninety percent of the game, but that other ten percent, we look like one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Yeah, 
and this is prior to Dante Jackson going out, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't know about Dante Jackson, it did come out, what, yesterday that he did tear his Achilles. Yeah. And I'll give you the opportunity now <laughs> if you want to apologize for, for saying that man was lying about his, his injuries. So, I, so look, here, look, here's look. where I defend myself. So I didn't, obviously this wasn't recorded. Um, his injury didn't happen. This particular injury didn't happen before I said something about him being a bitch about his injuries. But I mean, honestly, I, I feel bad for the guy. We we don't wish injuries on nobody. Um, I know that was probably it's probably he he's put in a tough situation. Um, is this his contract year? No, nah, we just paid him. We just we paid. just paid him recently. I think he got like five years, something like that, four or five years. Like, nah, he's set. Oh, so he locked. <laughs> yeah, he locked. Cool. Because so, you look, remember he was going crazy last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So I'm so pretty I, sure he got yeah, paid. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember if that was at the beginning of this year or last year. Yeah, that's why I asked that. Yeah, let me see. I can pull it up real quick, just so we, so we're speaking from a factual uh, from a factual standpoint and not yeah. hypothetically. Because this can have two different takes. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Dante Jackson agreed to a three-year, $35 million deal earlier this offseason, and this was put out June 19, 2022. So, okay. yeah, he just got paid. So. so, cool. So, cool. He's paid. Um, He's locked. Cool. But, I mean, yeah, we don't want to see a guy go out with an injury like that Um, in his season, unfortunately. But, I mean, no, I'm, I'm not apologizing. In lack of better terms, no, I'm not apologizing for for my statement about his <laughs> about his previous injuries because they just all seem to come at crazy times. Right after you get, <laughs> right after you just get completely cooked on the fucking route, you injured. So I mean, no, I'm not. He he did tear his ACL on this one, unfortunately. Achilles, yeah, Achilles. But I mean, no, I, I'm I'm not taking it back. Uh, yeah, I still believe the same thing. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened on this plate, honestly. Yeah, it I don't either. It was, it was non-contact. Non-contact. Yeah, and those are always the worst ones. Yeah, so I, I don't know what happened on this plate, really. But yeah, he he. That's the thing that he will still be. He's still gonna be doing the same thing when he recovers. Sadly, when he gets killed on the route, completely misses a fucking tackle. Basically, when he gets some bears, he will go down and for he will go down with an injury, and then come back the next play or two. That's just what he does. That, your attitude is terrible. That, bro. Your attitude that, is terrible. Hey, bro. what they say? If they show you enough times, you better believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it goes bro. something like that. So I mean, we, well, we I'm seen the it. asshole of the podcast, though, right? <laughs> I'm a brace of JJ though, right? But this nigga is still, like, bro. This is the thing, bro, because I was on I was on I was on your side because I was like cause you made me believe that shit. You made me believe that shit. But then like I'm just like, damn, so this whole time he really was injured and like he tried to push, 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 push until his shit completely snapped. Like, so that so that's what you think. You think it came from reoccurring reoccurring. Yes, he had his ankle injury the whole time and then he fucked his Achilles. <laughs> Yes. I I ain't buying it. I ain't no doctor, but I ain't buying. It. <laughs> wow, I I ain't buying it. Dante, I'm sorry, bro. Listen, <laughs> he don't want to apologize. I apologize, bro. And I'm always apologizing. That's why I don't understand why the narrative of JJ being dick, like you know, gets created as it pertains to the, the fan base of this podcast is because I'm the nice guy. 
This nigga is an asshole, bro. You know, but it is what it is. It is what it is. I just wanted to give you an opportunity if you felt led by God to apologize. Because I feel like apologizing because I feel like, damn, like, we were telling that nigga to get his ass back on the field for real. Yeah, nah, for real. Get on that bike like you usually do. <laughs> bike that shit out and then come back on the field because you embarrassed. And you you hoping that the fans will forget about the play you got you got burnt on. And so that, but I mean, he and did. now he got a torn Achilles. Yeah, I mean, it's sad for him, but I stand by my statement. You ain't shit. <laughs> you ain't shit. Um, and wrap it here for our, our intro, whatever may have you. Um, defense. Just all of that being said, I know we kind of went off on a tangent there, but defense has to. They have to be better, and they just have to be more consistent. I won't even say from a because when they hit their peak and when they're playing at that level. Um, this is gonna be number one when Frankie when Frankie is locked the fuck in and niggas is following his lead when they're playing at that level the defense is elite we've seen that time and time again this year that's not to me nobody can change my mind on that I don't care who has anything to say about it the defense is elite when they're playing at that level um, but it's just too many times that I've seen this season where the defense will go MIA for two or three drives consecutively. And when you start playing against elite-level teams, like last week when we played against Cincinnati, that shit will get exposed. Yeah, It'll get exposed. When you're not disciplined, you'll be exposed. When you don't wrap up and make tackles, you'll be exposed. When you drop interceptions and miss opportunities for takeaways, you'll be exposed. So going forward, that's one of the things that I really, really want to, you know, look at and kind of hone in on, on this podcast in particular is how the defense responds um, and how they continue to build upon stringing these back-to-back-to-back drives uh, and, and being successful in them and getting off the field. Because, you know, the way we looked at the end of the first half and then to start off the second half, that just does not cut it. Because that sequence could have went a thousand different ways. And luckily, the Atlanta Falcons just... We're not on top of their game Thursday night. They just did not look good, and we were able to pull out the win. But, again, when you play against a team like a Cincinnati or a Baltimore and a Buffalo, who we see within the next couple of weeks, that shit is not going to cut it. Yeah. It's and not going to cut it. It's a tempo problem, too. Like, at the end of the second half, when they started running – I mean, end of the first half, when they started running tempo, like, I, I, I guess it's a conditioning problem. I don't know. That's what it seems like, because bro. they they just couldn't couldn't get set. Was just, I mean, just looked complete completely like shit when it came to them running a uh, no huddle offense. Like our defense looked like complete shit. Yeah, and so look lost. Um, yeah, really. So I I mean maybe it's a conditioning thing. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean if that's the case, if that's the case. Steve Wolf need to put him on the put him on the sideline. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because. That that y'all too grown for that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We too grown for a conditioning issue. Yeah, that's some shit we deal with in middle school, high school, maybe some levels of college, NFL conditioning should not be a problem. Not with the amount of bodies that we have, you know. Not with the amount of training that goes into this shit. Conditioning should not be an issue. Yeah. So if that's the case, then we then we need to fix that ASAP because there's an easy way to fix that. There's a very very easy way to fix a conditioning problem. If he let me fix it, I can fix it. Like, fix it. I could fix it. Why so? <laughs> I mean, 
if you just want to spend the whole day running bleachers, <laughs> running around Charlotte, <laughs> like you can't leave until you throw up. That'll fix it. Let let them go out there and practice with that soccer team we just got. I mean, yeah, that's all day Tepper gives a fuck about anyway. He'll love that. Yeah, He'll so love I mean, some shit like that to put on social media. <laughs> Bum ass nigga. <clears throat> um, so we'll we'll dive into a little bit more. Um, let's go defense first. Let's go defense first. Um, again, and I guess this will be number two. So let me just let me just be honest with y'all and transparent. Like, I was not gonna like even gas Frankie up this week because initially, like until I looked at the stats, like there were a lot of plays that he missed. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So like. Though he did lead the team with 12, he could have had like 16 or 17. And a couple of those came in big moments. Um, but he also came up big with a couple of sacks as well and key moments. Um, I'm just going to reemphasize the point that defensively, when he's playing good, I, I mean, and though I know you're going to say that I'm dick riding or whatever, <laughs> defensively, when Frankie is playing good, our unit looks completely different. Is that a fact? Yes or no? I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree to some extent. Okay. To what extent do you agree? Like, I, I won't say you're completely wrong. No, but I mean, I don't think it's just on one person. Like when he plays good and everybody else play good. I don't think he's to the point where the team is following him around. It's like, Oh, we need you to get it started. Like, I mean, unfortunately, there's times that he has to do that because you, you got people like Shaq Thompson, who's supposed to be the leader, who don't be really doing shit. So, but no, I, I, I don't fully agree with it, but I can see where you can get that from. Okay. I mean, that's fair. Because <laughs> we can, we can it, disagree. I just want to understand your logic because like this every like when like when I say this shit, it comes off of him having a big game and then him having a big game. Makes our defense look that much more cut every single time. And when he's nowhere to be found, like the Cincinnati game, missing tackles, overrunning shit, misreading his keys, we get fucking dicked. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right? So it's just like, I don't understand like how this correlation is not like as obvious to me as it like as obvious to you as it is to me. I, I just couldn't, I can't really boil it down to one person, honestly. Because I, when you say that, I look at it like, to me, Brian Burns is... Stop. Like, no, to me, he plays... He's the best defensive player we have. And... No. Yes. No. And Brian he, Burns isn't better than Derrick Brown. Yes, he is. And he makes an impact. He makes an impact every game. Even in those games that Frankie ain't nowhere to be fucking found. So, I mean, you can't just say, oh, they go as Frankie go. Because my nigga been having his hand in the dirt all year Getting after the quarterback He just ain't had no fucking help I, I mean, I just don't agree <laughs> I just don't agree because I'm telling you, bro Because like even when Brian Burns makes his plays Which, you know, he does make his plays Or whatever may have you I just don't see it, bro I'm telling you like I know I've been on his top the past two or three weeks And a, a large part of that occurring Is simply based on the fact that the amount of capital we were allegedly going to get for him if we decided to move on. So now, from an organizational standpoint, this is where we have you. This is the value that we have you at. 
you're more valuable than two first round picks and a second round pick. So, so yeah, okay. And and though you may agree, <laughs> though I may agree, you know what I'm saying? You have to show me because at this very moment, I don't agree. And I've said this for the past two weeks, ever since the, the details on the trade, you know, allegedly came out. So what he hasn't shown me shit. So what 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 are you expecting from him? Like I'm expecting what? you to take over a fucking game like Michael Parsons or TJ Watt. Okay. That's what I'm expecting because I'm not hundred percent sh- actually no, I won't say that. That was about to be preposterous. I was gonna say I'm not hundred percent sure that Jerry Jones ain't making a deal to let Michael Parsons go for what we got offered. But I don't I I, I won't say that. I won't say that. But even in that same breath, like that's a deal that I would expect being offered for Michael Parsons. Well, I, I would say I don't know who TJ Watt has on the other side of him on the Steelers offensive uh defensive line. Exactly. So but, so your statement can stop right there. No. Because it don't matter. Because at the end of the day, TJ turned that bitch up by him damn self. No, it, it do matter when I mean when you can just key in on one guy because you know ain't nobody else gonna really do shit. Ain't nobody else on the other side of the line can really hurt you. So, of course, their stats are going to look a little better because if, uh, what's, what's the dude's name? D-Law? Like, if you, no. if, if you gotta, if you gotta be prepared for D-Law, then, I mean, Micah got plenty of opportunity to just tee off on you as well. So, I mean, like, we just don't have shit on the other side. So, it's just hard for Brian Burns' stats to look as good. But, I mean, shit, he got what? Six and a half sacks? That's bullshit. I mean, honestly, in all actuality, his stat numbers are mid. So this what? is why, again, like this is what, so. Then this is where good. I'm glad because now we can fuck, like finally have like a debate between us. Because every time we always be agreeing on shit. So this is great for content purposes. I'm happy that this is happening. His stat numbers are bullshit, and and the amount of money that we're about to have to pay him. Is going to be fucking astronomical because we already looked at the contracts the other day, right? We already looked at the contracts the other day, and let, for, let's let's go step by step. Okay, cool. Let's go step by step. So they got TJ on one side. They have uh, Larry. Can't even pronounce his name on the other end. <laughs> Just because you can't pronounce his name, he ain't good. Okay, cool. He's fucking mud, bro. <laughs> He's fucking mud. I mean, listen, okay. if I can't, listen, if you got a crazy ass name okay. and I can't pronounce it, that means that you ain't on shit because I ain't hear your name enough. Because okay. I know how to pronounce Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, okay, cool. So okay, we going back. Out, so we, we go, on the same page. We going out that logic. Cool. Okay, we on the same And they run the 3-4. Okay, cool. So Cameron Hayward, he's on, he's on one end. They got they got TJ as a as a linebacker. They got TJ listed as a linebacker, uh, a wild linebacker. He, so he, he technically outside. is, but they play a three four, so so it's different. So he's yeah. still like a DN, yeah. like per se. Yeah. Um, Miles Jack. So I get. I mean, okay, cool. I guess to a certain degree, yes. It, the fact that that Brian Burns doesn't have quote unquote help is the reason why his stats don't necessarily produce what I'm expecting. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. But I, that I same, say that's facts. But go, go but ahead. But listen, if that's the case, that's fine. Like that shit is cute, nigga. That's cute. But if you if you're this valuable to my organization, show me. Cause he's not. He tied for seventh in the lead in sacks. So bro, he that is. shit, is, bro. He, but the thing about it is that shit don't mean nothing, bro. 
Because six ain't nothing. Like, six sacks ain't shit. That just means that the league is down this year in sacks, if you ask me. Seven. Okay, seven. <laughs> so that just means that the league is down irregardless. I, I, I just completely disagree, honestly. Because there, there, like I said earlier, there's games where the defense as a whole hasn't been on shit. But I'm seeing Brian Burns in that fucking backfield every play. Now, granted, and, and it's a lot of, and look, I, I'm, I already know what you're about to say. Because <laughs> it's a lot of times that you like to get up there in that film room and, and really, because some days you have your days where you just want to focus on Brian Burns. <laughs> And so it's like every time you don't see him in the backfield, you like, see, that's what I'm talking about. That nigga a bitch. And I'm like, bro, but it, he in the backfield every other play, but this one play, oh, and now we shouldn't pay him. Now the nigga a bitch. And no, so, it's not that, I, don't, I don't think he's a bitch, but he just don't turn that shit up the way Frank do. <laughs> nah. He don't, bro. He does not, bro. I'm telling you. It, honestly, honestly, and this is like, this is me being dead ass serious. <laughs> this is me being dead ass serious. The amount of money that we're about to play, uh, pay Brian Burns is going to be us admitting, in my opinion, that Brian Burns is our best defensive player. Right? The, based on the amount of money that we're, that we're about to pay him. I agree. Okay, cool. If I look at our team and the way that we play and the way that I've seen these guys play in years past, Derek Brown is better than Brian Burns. If we if we look at them right now based on their productivity, Derek Brown is better than Brian Burns. Yes or no? Based on productivity, go ahead and lie. Go ahead and lie right to the camera. Go ahead and lie. <laughs> is Derek Brown better than Brian Burns right now? I would say that he's playing better right now. Okay, cool. Based on productivity and what we've seen, whether it be this year or years past, is Jeremy Chin better than Brian Burns? Uh, As a linebacker, because don't take this, don't take safety Jeremy Chin and compare him to 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 this Brian Burns that we're seeing right now. Take Jeremy Chin that we that that is top tier. I would say, you see, this is the thing, and this was out. This is what I was gonna say before you um even got in, and that it, it's kind of hard to like judge it because it's like Brian Burns, his feet, I mean, his hands is in the dirt every play, and he's rushing the quarterback, and so it's like. He only has this little small, this little small shot of really getting his shit off. It, it, okay, and, and, but you got you got linebackers like Frankie and like Jeremy Chin who can fly around and just knock a nigga shit loose. <laughs> and I mean, like, and so that, and I feel like that's a lot of the times why you be on Frankie so much. It's because you you see him when he go out there and just completely and try to yeah yeah I want to see you trying to tent okay it, but Brian Burns he only got an opportunity to tent maybe one or two niggas which, that's not true which Frankie he got an opportunity to tent a receiver a running back coming out the backfield the quarterback it, the tight end and so I mean it's it's different that's why like you don't really see. You don't really see Brian Burns like really getting his shit off on somebody. Is Brian Burns on the same level as TJ Watt? Yes or no? I wouldn't go that far. Is Brian Burns on the same level as Michael Parsons? Yes or no? No. Is Brian Burns on the same level as JJ Watt? Any of the six years that he dominated the league? No. Okay, cool. But we So so the amount of so not to count a nigga's pockets. <laughs> the amount of money we're about to pay him is going to be Way too much. Yes or no? I, I don't know what the amount would be. 
Like I, I feel like we looked at the contracts the other day and we understand that he's gonna be number three or number four on that list annually. Let I mean we can pull it up. Yeah, I I don't know. But I mean, if you're using that in the argument for your argument with Frankie, I can give you plenty of niggas that he not on a level. Mm, I don't. I, I don't know if you can. Yeah, I, I can. <laughs> I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can, bro. I'm not gonna lie, bro. And this is not the Frankie Louvu show. This is not the Frankie Louvu show at all. But I'm just telling you that what I understand is that. The amount of money that we're about to pay Brian Burns and the amount of draft capital we we gave or we allowed to get uh, escape our grasp, I don't know if I agree with it. Okay, Miles Garrett gets 25 a year. Okay, so that's number one. Max Crosby gets 23 and a half. Leonard Williams gets 21. And Von Miller gets 20. And Cam Jordan is at number five at 17 and a half. So is it fair to assume, based on the amount of tr- draft capital we allow escape us, is it fair to assume that he will be paid anywhere between twenty and twenty five million dollars a year? Uh, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Okay. And again, I'm gonna ask you: Is he worth that amount of money? And this is the answer I'm gonna give you: Ship him off and see. <laughs> Ship them off and see what the defense look like. Let them walk. Okay, I mean, let let them walk and see how and see how obviously worse this team gets. Only thing that I'm gonna say is if he ain't shit. I, I see. <laughs> see you, how you see how you go to the extreme. I didn't say he wasn't shit. I just said that the way niggas try to gas him, I don't see it. And, and you said based off what the picks that they were going to receive. But you also got to look into the details of those picks. And we agreed that those picks was completely ass. Even though they were first-round picks, but they're next year. We don't we don't need that. One but was you like, were still getting a second this year. One was, man, fuck that second. And you but were still getting a second this year, and you still, like, you're still going to uh, select top ten no matter what. The, the way our team looks, we need... Fuck the second this year. We need something. We need two of them things in the first. That's what we need. Two of them in the first. But since you brought out your little list of <laughs> of DNs that Brian Burns is not better than. Okay. And, he, it, and, and he's not a middle linebacker. So let's start there. He's not a middle linebacker. Is he better than Devondre Campbell? I'm gonna go ahead. I know that ain't. <laughs> okay, next. No, is, he's not. Is he better than Levante David? No. Cool. Uh, is he better than? Does him and Roquan Smith play the same? Is he better than Roquan? I haven't seen a large enough no. sample size, but I guess I'll say no for the time being. Cool. Is he better than? Is he better than Darius Leonard or Shaq Leonard? No, cool. absolutely not. Is he better than Michael Parsons? Nigga, I mean, nigga, Michael, you, you should have just went here and said no. I don't even need to hear no. Michael Parsons is a fucking DM, bro. He's a fucking hybrid. We can't even compare the two. But but you no. compared him with fucking Brian Burns exactly. <laughs> yes, because he's a fucking hybrid that plays DN and D tackle more he's, so than he plays linebacker. He'd he be at that linebacker position. He ain't better than Michael Parsons. So I mean. I can say the same thing. And I could really name problem, more, but listen, I don't. 
You want me to tell you where the disconnect is, though, and where the problem is, and then we'll kind of get off this topic. But I, I've enjoyed this shit, because this is the first time we've done this shit. I fuck with it. The disconnect is, I'm not saying, nor is Frankie Louvu getting paid like a top player. I'm not saying that that Frankie Louvu, Louvu is a, a, a all-time great on defense or a top 25 nigga defensively in the NFL. The only thing that I'm saying is, based on what I've seen this year, the nigga is the best defensive player we have. I it's just, just that simple. I just got to disagree. I see, bro. The thing about it is, Frankie Louvu has played one season. He's played one season, right? Consistently with the yeah. Carolina Panthers this year, with the exception of obviously the games he missed this year due to injury. He's, he's played one season consistently. And I've seen him take over. I've seen him take over two games. Brian Burns has played with us and consistently played for how long? Three years, four years, because he's up for a contract now. Mm-hmm. And I've seen him take over how many games? One yeah. in four years, maybe. I, I disagree with that. Like, my mind don't completely go, but I, I vividly remember him seeing take over more than four game, one game. I, I don't. And, and, and obviously, like, it's, we're having to go off of, like, memory, like, recent memory or whatever may have you, so that's kind of hard to do. But I've seen Frankie Louvu take over two games that I know for a fact. Okay. The from- game that we got clipped against Arizona, he had a bitch, t- he had it turned up. <laughs> the whole, everything turned up, yes or no? Yeah, nah, he, he was live. Okay, and then this past week, did he take that bitch over, yes or no, against Atlanta? I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. He I led feel- the team in sacks. He led the team in sacks, but I, he he led the team with Ty with Marquise Haynes, but Marquise Haynes shit came co- on on the last fucking on the last drive. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm so glad you said that, bro. You just walked yourself right into it, bro. Wow. Okay. You don't Let even me understand. It. Let me hear it. So wow. you said you asked me, did he take over the game? And I said, uh, I don't know. What's the first thing you said? Well, he led the team in sacks. Yeah. So let me look at Brian Burns' log. Let me see how many games he had to a better sex. And then I'll tell okay. you how many games he took over. Please do that. Okay. And after you do that, we're going to move on just for time's sake. Okay. But, yes, please do that. <laughs> please do that. Because and I you, can go to TJ shit. And, you, and I, matter of fact, I now, can tell you damn near off my head that nigga has at least seven of them bitches. But go ahead and do it. You know. Show, tell me. Go look at his so, log. And you said you only remember one game. One I only game. remember one game of him taking over. Not one game of him having two sacks. Well, you said Frankie quote unquote took over and he the first and the first thing you said he is did. the first thing you said is he led the team in sacks. Yes, he so, led the team in sacks. So I'm taking he led that, the team in tackles. Well, I mean, that, I, I'm the first thing you said, that's the first thing you said. So I'm taking that as in your definition of him taking over. That's the first thing that came okay, out of your well, mouth. Okay, he so led the team in sacks. Okay, he led the team so Brian, as a fucking linebacker at that. So, Brian Burns has took over one game this year. He had two what, sacks. What, what game was that, if you don't mind me asking? <laughs> no, I, no, I'm being, no, 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 I'm being dead-ass serious. No, what that, game that was That was the game against the Giants. We lost. But I, I don't say that's necessarily because of defense play. Defensive play. No, I, I mean, I can't remember the, the Giants game. All, no, nigga. Yes, it was because of defensive play. <laughs> it was because of defensive play because we got ran through. Oh, no, no, no. I'm cap. I'm cap. 
that game we locked Saquon down. Yeah. So it wasn't because of defensive play. We just had. I remember that shit. I, it was some bullshit. So Brian Burns had two sacks against the Giants, and let me go to, uh, what year was that? I just seen the year where he had multiple games with two sacks. Uh, twenty twenty he had two sacks against Green Bay. He had two sacks against Detroit. Twenty twenty. He had two sacks against Green Bay. Yep. And did we win or lose that game? We lost that game. Okay. He had two sacks against uh, Detroit. Another loss. We sh- no, we're shutting them out. 20-0. What year was that? You said 2020? Uh, Yeah, that was the same year, 2020. And so, I would say, based so off wait, of Wait, 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 wait. So, three times in four years at the defensive end, yes or no? Just, just yes or no? Just yes or no? Yeah. Okay, cool. But I feel like he impacted the game in other areas, but that would take too long to break down. But I'm just saying, according to to your your statement, oh, he led the team in sacks. Well, that's three games that Brian Burns took over, and you say you remember him only taking over one in three or four years. Nigga. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just to wrap up, and I'll let you have your closing statement too, the amount of money that we're about to pay this nigga and I don't even like, like I said, I don't like counting niggas' pockets because that shit, that shit lame. But in this profession, like based on, you know, the NFL and how cap space and everything like that works, I have to know what you make. <laughs> I have to know what you make. Yeah. And you have to show me that you're worth that. Up until this point this season, Brian Burns has not shown me that. Yeah. And up until this, up until this point in the season, Frankie Louvu has been more of a valuable player than Brian Burns has. That's my God honest truth like take. He has. I, I disagree. And I'm going to say because it, what, Frankie, what, he missed two or three games. So for you to, yeah. so for you oh. to be my best player on defense, I mean, damn, I at least need you to be fucking available. So is, yeah. this, is this a narrative that we're about to paint right now? No, I, I, is this a narrative I, I, that we're about I, I, to paint right I, I'm, now? I'm just saying, I at least need you to be fucking available. And so, and I, I just completely disagree um, because I think there's been plenty of games that Brian Burns has single-handedly been the best player on that defense and taken over a game. It's just it, stats might not always. Always proved that point, but since that was the first number you named out, I had to use it. And so I mean, but yeah, I disagree. I think that I think that he is worth whatever we're gonna pay him. Cause he, he's a young player, so he doesn't have any he's gonna get better. Frankie is young too. Twenty six. So the only th- listen to me, listen to me in closing. The only thing that I ask is that if y'all give it matter of fact again, not to count pocket, <laughs> but make sure Scott Fitter, Dave Tepper, whoever's going to be in the front office when the time comes in two years or in a year and a half, however long it's going to be. When the time comes, make sure that all that money y'all give Brian Burns, y'all got some of that shit left over for Frank too. Simple as that. Just based off one season. Nigga, you can base it off of whatever you want to base it off of. You, just, just, you can base it off of whatever you want to base it off of. I'm just telling you. When 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 Frankie Louvu is locked in and he let his nuts hang, that defense play different. That's a fact. That is a fact. 
If you if you a fan and you disagree, you're tripping. You're delusional. Just like this nigga. Where Frankie Louvu is locked in, that defense played different. And we saw last week, again, we saw last week when he's not, shit doesn't go the same. Simple. <laughs> Honestly, Derrick Brown has taken over more games than Brian Burns. See? <laughs> Honestly. Nah, he's played great this year. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll just go there. Then since since I said that. Forty eight <laughs> tackles for him total this season. Only one sack, but you're not really expecting for me personally, I'm not expecting my defensive tackle to to really be a dominant pass rusher. I'm not I know he cut weight and everything like that, but honestly, that weight cut might have did wonders for his career as a whole. Yeah. Because for me personally, last year at a certain point, I was writing Derrick Brown off as a bust. Yeah. I'll be honest. And I know I wasn't the only Panthers fan that echoed that sentiment. No, you wasn't. Because the announcer came on. He had a stat up there about Derrick Brown. And he said the same thing. Like, people thought that he was going to be a bust based off of, like, what he played, like, when we first drafted him in yeah. last season. Yeah, like, that ass. But I just, like, I know we've acknowledged Derrick Brown the past two or three weeks. um, But... What he's doing right now for this team is just phenomenal. And though we just had that long conversation, you know, in regards to BB and, and, and Frank, there are young pieces on this defense that will solidify it for years to come. And Derrick Brown is right up there with <clears throat> the JCs, the, the Jeremy Chins, the Brian Burns, you know. He's right up there. Like, Derrick Brown, like, he deserves his respect and his credit because – He's a demon. Yeah. Like, really, really, to me, <clears throat> you know, Aaron, Don uh, Aaron Donald, <laughs> Derrick Brown, right underneath him. <laughs> right underneath him. No cap, like, based on this season, bro. Like, and, and this is what I hate, bro, because I know, like, as time goes on and the, sh and the supporters and the, and, the, and the notoriety starts growing, like, sometimes when I say shit, I know, like, people are just going to be on my top, on my top. Like about like shit when I say shit like that, because it sounds so sensationalized, but it's just it, it it's just real shit. It really is like he on that level right now. That's how he playing. Yes or no? <laughs> I, I think you stretched it a little. <laughs> I might have gassed it. Yeah, I might have gassed it, bro. I might have got too ahead of myself. You you stretched it a little bit. He has been playing good though. I mean, th there's other than like a few games where he's like a no show, which like. When those games happen, then usually the whole defense is a no-show. Right. But, I mean, yeah, he Derrick Brown's been playing great this year. Um, he, of course, we know him as a run stopper. Yep. That's what he does. But he's been getting to the quarterback a lot, too. Like, the sacks might not reflect it, but he's been putting a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks. Yeah. And so, I mean, just overall, yeah, Derrick Brown's been playing great up front. He's like the key to that, to that offensive line, the middle of that line. Yeah, that that's that's where he lives at. That that's his place. So yeah, he's sure. been playing great. And the thing is, when it comes time for him to get a contract, he got to he got to get that back. Yeah, they. So that's what I'm saying. Okay, so you paying, and this is not again not to debate or not to do any of that. 
Are you paying based on what you've seen this year? Are you paying Derek Brown or are you playing uh, paying Brian Burns first? Based on strictly on what I seen this year, yeah, I'll probably pay Derek Brown first. Okay, okay. I mean, and, and I know it's hard because we're taking a very small sample size. Yeah, because Derek Brown has looked like bullshit before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying before yeah. this point in his career, but. Obviously now he's looked the best that he ever has. So like yeah. I'm just taking I just want to take that. And then I guess it would be kind of unfair to do that to Brian Burns too, because it, this hasn't been his best year by any means. So yeah, nah, for it, sure. It, it is unfair. Um just to go on, you know, kind of go back on one of your points that you made earlier when we were talking about the whole Frankie and Brian Burns thing. Etor Gross Matos legitimately might be the worst defensive end I've ever seen in my life. I, like honestly, <laughs> like, like honestly, like I'm so like if only y'all knew how serious I would be, bro, or or I'm being because like every time I and again I hate that I and this is probably my last week that I'm specifying and saying this shit because if you don't know. And you take it personal, then so fucking be it. <laughs> but this is the last time I'm really going to say this. I Do not take this personal. I'm talking about the profession, not the person. Or not the character. Every time I watch Etor Gross Matos play, like, I, 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 I just want to throw up. Honestly, like if only y'all knew, bro. If only y'all knew how frustrating this nigga makes me. There was at least, listen, bro. There was at least four plays that this nigga could have made Thursday against the Falcons and just fucking nutted himself, bro. Like, but the thing, the problem that the thing that pisses me off is like it's the same shit that we've been seeing. For the first six, seven, eight, nine weeks of the season. It's the same thing. Niggas not setting the edge properly. Niggas, like, like he'll, he'll just let niggas run by. Like, I don't know if it's, like, a depth perception thing. Like, he just don't know where they located. Like, I, I, I don't know, bro. But what I do know is, based on what I saw Thursday night, the impact that Marquise Haynes had and the, the impact that Etor Gross Matos had, two completely different ends of the spectrum. And Marquise Haynes was in for six fucking plays. <laughs> right? In the other in the other 40 plus, Etor, Etor was on the field. Marquise Haynes impact just like that. Etor, let's go look at the fuck. Cause, Cause I know, I know, like I said, I know some of the shit that I be saying <laughs> sounds sensationalized. Let's just look at it. Marquise Haynes had three tackles. Gross Matos had three tackles. Cool. Hand to hand. But then we go look at solo tackles, zero. For Ito Gross Matos, Marquise Haynes, two. Okay, perfect. TFLs, and again, they go hand in hand with sacks. Ito Gross Matos, zero. Marquise Haynes, two. So based on that, I don't want to see... Etor on the field no more than about 10, 11 plays a game. And even that shit, <laughs> it, 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 even that shit is stretching it. <laughs> Honestly. 
because when I was texting you, like we text, like it was so crazy because we were texting the same shit. We didn't get, a, you know, we weren't able to watch the game together this week. Very rare occurrence because we've been fighting. We've been sitting there taking the ass whooping together most of the time this season. But we were texting the same shit. And boy, when we ever saw that play that Gross Matos had, what was it, a miss sack or something? He just let Mariota just step right up into the damn three gap. I don't know, but the nigga is just fucking mud at every aspect of the fucking game. Like, God should have gave that, like, his his athletic build and all of that shit to somebody else, bro. The nigga is fucking, he's fucking mud. Like, he really is. Really? I don't know where we drafted him, but we need to go back and take anybody else but him. Because he sucks, bro. Yeah. Every time he gets he on the field, he just like being that we that I just started doing this podcast. Like a lot of people, like I specifically watch, and he is one of them. Just and I don't watch him to be like, oh, like just to call out his fuck ups. I just want to see if he's gonna get better, <laughs> and the shit just fails every time, bro. Every single time, he just proves proves me right. You suck. That's all it is. And I told you, when, when was it, like two weeks ago? He would be a good player to sub in. Like, Yep, we had that conversation two weeks ago, yeah, like you said. You sub him in when somebody gets dead tired and need a fucking breathing machine. That's when you sub him in. Because he would be a good player. They they can get probably get him to, to give his best effort on two or three plays. He would be good for that. Then take his ass back on the sideline. Yeah. Because he just get in the game and it's just it's honestly just fucking embarrassing. It I, honestly is. Yeah. I, I mean I agree and I fully expect seven days from today, six days from when you guys hear this, I fully expect Marquise Haynes to come out as a starting defensive end against the Baltimore Ravens. I do. Um Though Marquise, uh, Marquise Haynes does not set the edge as well as Etor Gross Matos, I think Etor might even be a little bit faster than him mm-hmm. as it pertains to, you know, just pure speed. Um, as far as get off is concerned, I haven't seen enough reps from, from Marquise to, to judge that. Um, but Etor, you know, his get off is not really crazy, it's nothing too impressive. Um, but all of that being said, I fully expect Marquise Haynes to start next week against the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I, I agree. And after, for the rest of the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, honestly. Like after after the performance he had from such like a short amount of plays, yes. like you can't really deny him that that starting spot, in my opinion. Because when you compare that with what the fuck Gross Matos has been giving you all year, it's just it's not even fucking comparable. Because yeah. Gross Matos ain't really done shit all year. I, I think Marquise Haynes had one game that he produced extremely well in, and he might has he might have outproduced Etor Gross Matos whole season. Whole career. <laughs> His whole career like, at Carolina. It, it, it's just so bad. Like we at FPFO do not Fuck with Etor Gross Matos as a player. I don't. He he's probably a great guy. Matter of fact, I saw bro at uh, <laughs> last time I was in Charlotte. I told you, bro. I told you. I saw that nigga and I let him slide. 
and I and JJ usually don't let niggas slide, especially with a Panthers, you know, especially Panthers players, nigga. Especially Panthers players. I usually don't let niggas slide, but I was with a young lady. So I was like, I ain't even, you know what I'm saying? I ain't even gonna give it up like that. But just know I saw that nigga and everything inside of me just started burning up to press that motherfucker. <laughs> But I was like, you know what? Nah, I'm not going to do it because it, it's not, it's the right place and the right time for everything. And if I was dolo, then I would have said something to the nigga. But because I was with the young lady, you know what I'm saying? I let that shit slide, but I really should have got on his top. No cap, because... Mm, damn, nigga. <laughs> like, Etor is just not it, bro. Yeah. And he is not the help that Brian Burns needs. Oh, hell no. He... he He's bad, bro. It's terrible. I mean, he he, he, he just don't got it, bro. Nah, he really don't. He, he just don't got it. A perfect practice squad player. Practice squad or XFL, one of the two. <laughs> long as I don't see that nigga on Sundays or Thursdays and or Mondays, long as I don't see him then, I'm a-okay with it. I am a-okay with it. Um, Kind of wrapping up here. Not necessarily wrapping up, but this, I guess, like the last topic I guess we want to touch on. Um, and before we move on, I don't want to go further without acknowledging the offensive line. We won't go into many details just for time's sake. Um, but I mean, Jesus Christ, bro! Like the the leaps and bounds that I've seen from this unit over the past from from last year to the previous year to now is just. I mean, it, 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 it's almost damn near the best offensive line the Carolina Panthers have had yeah. the last two decades. Nah, for sure. Like, like, like God honest truth. Like, this might be the best offensive line the Carolina Panthers as a franchise has ever had. Yeah. And I don't think we will be far off on that. Nah, I agree. Like, I know that, you know, we had Ryan Khalil and Jordan Gross for a long time. Like, and those guys were great. But as a unit... There's not many offensive lines, if any, that have looked as good as this one looks for the Carolina Panthers. I'll be honest. Yeah, because if if you've been a Panthers fan for a long time, then you know that that has been a a unit that we've always been like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, we we need to go spend money on some offensive linemen. Like, we need a line. We we all know that like that that's been a unit that's been the the kind of like bad part of our team. Yep. And so, but they've been playing, they've been playing great this year. Honestly, they've yep. been playing great. And so, hats off to them. We've been running the ball great because of them. Um, quarterback has time to make plays. I mean, if we had a, you know, a better quarterback than what we have, I feel like the offense would look better as a whole. But I mean, the offensive line has held up great this year. Yep. They've held up great. Yeah. And, and just the fact that, you know, Bradley Bozeman, he he was my player of the week, I believe, two weeks ago. He was either my player of the week or he got an honorable mention from me or whatever mm-hmm. may have you. But the fact that uh, Pat Efline started the season out, you know, he won the job over over Bradley Bozeman in the offseason. Um, you know, was playing consistently or whatever may have you, was getting the start. He, 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 was, the, he was a starter. Um Pat Fline suffers a season in the injury. And and the fact that Bradley Bozeman has came in, has come in 
and really there's been absolutely no drop off at all and really has improved, looks like they've improved at times with him on the field is just phenomenal. It's just phenomenal, and it deserves to be mentioned the job that Bradley Bozeman has done. Yeah. Just if we want to single, you know, single a certain person off of that group out, he's done an absolutely phenomenal job. Um, and then, of course, Icky as well has done a tremendous job. I think they said it's been eight games consecutively since Icky has given up a sack. That, to me, as a rookie, is, is outstanding. Is outstanding, and when you play a position, the position that Icky plays with that much uh, significance at that left tackle position, <clears throat> you know, when you're showing when you're showing the ability to neutralize a threat as well as Icky <clears throat> has up until this point in the year, week in and week out, you know, your future in, in, in this in this league is. Damn near, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because I'm not saying that, you know, this is what he is right now, but it's damn near Hall of Fame type shit already. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, don't take that as me saying Icky deserves to be in the Hall of Fame already because that would just be fucking idiotic. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, if he plays at the level that he's been playing and stays consistent at this point and stays healthy, there's no reason why he won't be know an NFL Hall of Famer off of that point that nigga was on some fuck shit Thursday yeah for sure what four penalties five penalties yeah it, it was bad he just so fucking undisciplined yeah yeah it was bad and I don't know if the first the first two just started fucking with his brain and then he just continued to just penalty after penalty after penalty like I don't know what it was but it almost cost us. nah yeah it, it really did um and I'm willing to cut him some slack because he is a rookie. Um, he is learning. But, I mean, at this level, like, that's, that's shit you can't have. Because yeah. too many of those will will cost your team some games. And so, when he's playing good, it's great. Like, outside of those penalties, he's played great. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's been – he showed why he was the – what do we draft him, number eight? Yep. Yeah. Eight or nine, one of the two. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? So, he showed, <laughs> he showed why he – the first offensive lineman off the board, right? Mm. So, I mean, he showed that this year. Outside of the penalties, I mean, he's been playing great. But, yeah, he has to cut down on the penalties. He had, yeah, like you said, four or five last game. Yeah. Crucial penalties. And so, once he gets those under control, then, I mean, he doesn't have a ceiling, honestly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Just to correct something real quick, we drafted him uh, – we drafted him number six, but he was oh, in fact, six. yeah, he was in fact the first uh, offensive line or uh, offensive lineman off the board. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, offensive line, huge job this past week in the in the you know in the win against Atlanta, and they continue to play at that level, then it'll be great. Um, um let me ask you a question. Has Steve Wilkes done enough for you to, at the very least, have the opportunity to have a prove-it year? Meaning, should we sign him as our head coach for, you know, at least a year just to see what he's able to do, um, 
with the program and see if he's able to turn things around. Has Steve Wilkes in your mind uh, earned a prove year? Um, yeah, I would say so. So far, uh, I think he's done a great job. Um, like I said earlier, the the team seems to be responding well to um, his coaching his coaching style. Um, so yeah, I would say that he's done enough to at least deserve another year. Yeah. At the least, um, he came in in a shit situation. They were already what? How many games did they already lost? Uh, I think when he took, I mean, let's not guess. <laughs> let's not guess. Well, I, I know they had only had easy. one win when he took over. That was against the Saints. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, because we got three wins now. We beat. The, uh, Who do we beat? He he won the game against Tampa Bay and uh, yeah the Falcons. Yeah. So they only had one win when he took over. So I think that he's done enough to deserve at least another year. Uh, get him with a fresh start, uh, zero and zero record. Um, let him be a factor in running the training camp the whole off season. Um, let him spearhead that, and then we, I mean, see where he goes from there. Because like like I said, I think. Think he's done enough to deserve at least one year, um, because honestly, if if they don't extend him or at least give him another year, he's not going back to uh, just defensive coordinator. I, I personally think he's gone. Yeah, and I, I've seen uh, some other fans say the same thing that they don't think that if he doesn't like gain that head coaching role, then they don't see a world and where he just goes back to being the cornerbacks coach or defensive coordinator. Yeah. They, they feel like he'll be gone. And I agree. To be honest, I think that it would be, um, I think it would be unrealistic. <clears throat> I think it would be unfair. Yeah. For him, for, you know, for us to try and bring him back as anything other than a head coach. And, and, and honestly, you know, in full transparency, I think it would be disrespectful. Really. So, at this point, in my opinion, we have two options. We admit that we're okay with letting him walk after, after you know, he's proven that at the very least he can get the locker room to play for him. Yeah. You let him walk after that, after, you know, he seemingly has a team completely bought into what he's selling. Um, or you give them a prove it year, and, and for me personally, I like option B better. Yeah, I like option B better. I think that every opportunity that Steve Wilkes has gotten as it pertains to a head coaching um, opportunity, I think he's been placed in a shit situation time after time after time. Um, you know, we know <laughs> when he was in Arizona, he got a quarterback that was not his guy. A quarterback that you know was really some 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 bullshit mm. that you know the Arizona Cardinals organization couldn't even stand, um, and everything that went with that. He dealt with injury suspensions that season, everything that came with that, um, and then again, of, of course, this year we know far too well what the, what the situation has been, you know. With Matt Rule and the bullshit culture that he's established over the past two years, and then having to start. Behind the eight ball at one and six or whatever may have whatever we were one and five one and six or whatever may have you, um, so 
you know, the two opportunities that he's had to be a head coach, he, he's been placed in, in shit situations. Yeah. He really has. And then, I mean, when you look at his resume, it's not like he doesn't deserve to be a head coach. I mean, he's very, very well-traveled, you know. He's been a part of teams that have competed in the Super Bowl, being the Carolina Panthers in 2015. And the best part about our team that year, in my opinion, obviously, you know, you can make an argument for Super Cam. That's always going to be the case. But really what made that team tick as a whole was the defense. Oh, for sure. It was the defense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I think, you know, if, as the topic of conversation, I think that we have to give him a, a, a prove it year. Yeah. Because he's done at this, up until this point, really he's done nothing wrong. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you were able to withstand three years, you know, and, and according to the statements by, you know, our owner, Dave Tepper, willing damn near if it if it wasn't for the fans was willing to give them another year or two but you were able to withstand three years two and a half three years of of matt rule you know what i'm saying so shit let's say even if we even if we only win two more games this year right and say we're still sitting at that pick number six pick number five somewhere in that range or say shit we get a top four pick mm -hmm. you bring the quarterback in that you think that is going to be your franchise guy you let Steve Wilkes, you know, run his run his training camp, let him run his offseason, let him bring in some of his guys. I don't see why you don't do it. Yeah. I mean, I can see a few situations. I would say the only reason let him walk is if you can if you can for sure secure a guy like a Sean Payton or an Eric B. Enemy. Um I feel like if you can get if you can get a guy like that, uh, then I mean, then it's a, it's really a toss up to me, okay. like who you want. Like, it's it's really a toss up. I think it's more of like a, what style of play you want your team to play at. Yeah. Um, credentials wise, um, things of that sort. Like, if you can secure a guy like that, then I really don't have a problem with them saying, okay, we're gonna let him walk. But I mean. If you don't have anything like that, for sure locked in because, like we heard Sean Payton say, like our quarterback situation isn't attractive. Like it makes the job unattractive. Right. And so it's hard for me to see a situation to where you can get some of those guys in unless they just like, oh, we don't give a fuck where we go. We just want a head coaching job. Yeah. Somewhere. And I don't think that's the case with Sean Payton. Yeah, I don't think that's the case with Eric Bieniemy either. Yeah. Because, I mean, shit, they're winning in Kansas City. Yeah, and for so, sure. I mean, I, I don't see a case in where he just up, ups and leaves that for any head coaching job, especially with the quarterback situation that we have. So, if you can't secure anything like that, then I say give him another year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, like I said, I, I guess I can understand um, where you're coming from in that sense. I just think that if you have a guy already in house and you don't have to make a long term commitment, you know, at like, especially with Matt Rule still being on the books for the amount of money that we owe him, I don't see why you jump off the ledge and go get a guy, you know, where you have a guy in house already that has shown you that he 
has the ability to build a winning culture. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because at this point, he's had to dismantle the, the culture that Matt Rule established. Yeah. And he still, he it, the team still looks like they have a winning culture. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that we're winning, you know, five, six, seven games in a row, whatever may have you, but it's a different uh, a different walk about yourself. Yeah. It's a different way you, you carry yourself, a different way, you know, things are being run on the sideline, a different attentiveness that, you know, the guys are paying attention to with their coaches and things of that nature. So, I, 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 I don't know. You know I'm a Steve Wilkes guy. Yeah. I'm a Steve Wilkes guy, so I think that we should give him a prove it, a prove it year. Um, like we said, like I would think that Eric Bieniemy and, and Sean Payton are the two guys that you know. I guess we would kind of hone in on. I think that it would com- be completely asinine for Dave Temper to think about going back to the college level and trying to bring up a coach. Yeah. We saw how that worked out. That would be fucking crazy. Um, and just with those two guys, because I know those are your top two choices. Yeah. Um, D'Amico Ryan's again is another guy that you know we've spoken about on this podcast as well. For me, would be on my list as well. Um, that short list. For, for as far as Sean Payton, that's going to be one of those situations where you have to bring him in like very very soon because once the season ends in January or whatever may have you because. Realistically, we're not going to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. We understand that. I mean, we could go on a crazy-ass run and shock the world and shock the fan base and things of that nature. Realistically, it's not going to happen. So, the the season will end in January. Mm-hmm. The draft is in April. So, from January to April, you would have to you would have to sign Sean Payton. Yeah. And you would have to understand what his vision is and the culture that he was trying to build and establish. Because come April 23rd or whatever may have you, Whatever the date is for for night one of the NFL draft, everything needs to be in place and lined up. Nah, for sure. So that's a big night for a coach. Yeah, exactly, exactly. To bring in his guys. Yeah, you know. Um, so that would have to happen relatively quick at the end of the season. So I think if we don't see that move happen, you know, towards the end of February, beginning of March, I don't think Sean Payton is going to happen. Nah, I don't. Yeah. And if it doesn't if it doesn't happen for anybody, like if we don't go out and get anybody in that time frame, I really don't see how you know you go into draft night or you go into you know a week before the draft and you don't have a solidified head coach for the next season. I don't see how I don't see how you do that. So that's going to be something that we're that we'll look into, and you know, just looking into the future, we'll do. Um, a pod kind of centered around the guys that we're, we uh, are rumored to look at and just look at a couple of combine things and things of that nature. Um, so that would be something that we look at in the future, but kind of just rounding the conversation off a little bit. I think Steve Wilkes has earned a proven year. Yeah. I mean, so. Matt Rule, like going back to the draft thing, Matt Rule has, he has drafted well the past couple of years. Yeah. If that was on, true. If that was on him. Yeah. But, like I mean, I, I would assume it is though. Yeah, yeah. I would assume it is because you want your head coach to bring in guys that he wants to coach. Mm-hmm. You know true. what I'm saying? So I would assume that he 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 was able to completely rebuild his coaching staff. He was able to go get guys, you know, free agent wise that he wanted. I think the only guy that he that wasn't a my guy for him was Terrence Marshall. Yes, mm-hmm. and I and I'm not even 100 percent sure that on draft night he wasn't a my guy. 
I think just over time, that's what it became. Yeah. Um. So I, I mean, based on what I, my understanding of the situation is, I think that Matt Rule, you know, did bring in a lot of his guys, and I think that he did draft exceptionally well. Yeah, I agree with you on that, and, that, and that's you know, once Matt Rule got fired, um, we came on a podcast, and that was the main thing that I said. That was one of the things that I said. Like, if we want to highlight some of the good things that Matt Rule did, um, you know, over his time with the Carolina Panthers, it was draft. He did draft exceptionally well. Yeah, and not to, like, really key in on, I guess, like, the Steve Wilkes situation too much more, but um, since he, since Al Holcomb, that's his guy, right? Yeah, that's his guy, So for sure. if we get rid of, so, it's I guess it's two parts to this. How much is Al Holcomb, like, mainly constructing the defense? And how much does Steve Wilkes still have a... I'm sure he still plays some part in the defense, but now, obviously, he has to run the whole team. And so, if you don't understand Steve Wilkes, does Al Holcomb also walk and you find a new defensive coordinator? Or um, if you bring in, like, I don't... Like I said before, I don't think that if we don't understand Steve Wilkes, I don't think that he will be here any longer. Like, he's going to go and try to get another head coaching job. And so, if you're keeping Al Holcomb, if we think that he's the one that's kind of like quarterbacking that defense as they are now, then I feel like it would be more, like, it would be a better selection to go bring in an offensive-minded guy like Eric B. Enemy. Okay. Because you, you have a defensive-minded guy, Al Holcomb. You have a guy who has proven to, and I don't want to say he's really proven anything because, I mean, it's only been, what, a couple weeks? Yeah. And so, but say the defense continues to play to the level like they played against Atlanta or against Tampa Bay, say they continue to play to that level throughout the rest of the season, I feel like if if he doesn't walk, say we don't extend Steve Wilkes and he doesn't walk with Steve Wilkes, then, I mean – that leaves leeway to go get an offensive-minded guy since you already have your defensive guy set in stone. Yeah. If that sure. ma- if that makes sense. Yeah, so, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, um, basically, does he walk with Steve Wilkes or are we keep? do you think we'll keep him? Or <coughs> I think that, I think that, I think that Al Holcomb was brought in because of Steve Wilkes. Okay. So, I think that if, if anything happens that results in Steve Wilkes walking or him getting the boot, I think Al Holcomb will be right behind him. Like he would get the boot or he's just going to follow because that's really his guy. Either way. Mm. Either In- way. Interesting. I, I don't like. Yeah, because I mean, Al Holcomb has been, Al Holcomb was, has been with, with Steve Wilkes damn near every turn of the way. Oh, really? Hey, see, yeah. I didn't know. I, I don't know how much history they have, but. Yeah, no, they, they, uh, they, they go hand in hand. Okay. Yeah. Because for for some reason it's hard for me to see a situation to where um if I can have a defensive coordinator job, like I know you my boy, but you you put me in a position to be successful and I will always be grateful for that, but I mean if I have a defensive coordinator job here, am I supposed to follow you when you get the boot? Yeah, I mean that's fair. Yeah, that's so a that's, fair point. I just think that Organizationally, I don't think that I don't think Al Holcomb gets an opportunity unless Steve Wilkes is 
is attached to it. Okay. Because I I know for a fact that Steve or Al Holcomb was brought in because of Steve Wilkes. Okay. He was on the coaching staff with him uh, in Arizona when Steve Wilkes was the head coach. Um, he he <clears throat> excuse me, he was a defensive coordinator and assistant head coach there. Um, when Al Holcomb was the D coordinator in Cleveland, uh, or excuse me, when Steve Wilkes was the defensive coordinator in Cleveland, Al Holcomb was the the uh, linebackers coach. Um, and then of course now twenty twenty or that you know that what you call starting in twenty twenty, um, Al Holcomb was brought in in twenty twenty two. And Steve Wilkes was already there in 2020. Uh, so yeah, I I, I just uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think that I think that uh, whichever way it goes, I think that Al Holcomb is, is is the shadow of Steve Wilkes. Okay, and I and I mean that you know I mean, I mean that with no disrespect. I'm just saying like they just go hand in hand. Like yeah, that's just that's just how this shit go. Yeah, like this is my dog, and where I go, he gonna go. Type yeah, shit. So, um, yeah. I don't know, I don't know because like you said, I mean, you bring up a valid point. Like, am I supposed to follow you? You know, if you get the boot and they want to give me a job opportunity, and Steve Wilkes doesn't strike me as a guy like to tell his nigga like yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, you 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 crash out with me. If I get the boot, we we get the boot. Yeah. Like I don't think it's that type situation. Like, cause has Al Holcomb had a um defensive coordinator position? Like other than this, like uh solidified like, oh this is spot, like yeah this is yeah like defense. he's the defensive coordinator. Um, NFL wise, he has not. Okay. Other than it, I mean, he had the job in, in, in 2018 with Arizona. Okay. But that's when, I mean, uh, Steve Wilkes was the head coach there. Yeah, so it's like, is he even respected enough to be to get the, the defensive coordinator? Yeah. Right. Mm. And that's, you know, and that, that would be the question. That would be the question at the end of the day. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, We're kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit because we still do have this season to close out. And it's still, you know... Again, we'll reemphasize the point that the division is still very winnable. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win today against the New Orleans, or excuse me, against the Seattle Seahawks, you know the the, the path becomes a little more difficult. Um, but it's still winnable, so I yeah. don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. But you know, with all of this talk of potentially taking, you know, and, and taking a quarterback, you know, all of this talk of the future. We would be doing, you know, ourselves as well as the the supporters of this podcast a disservice if we didn't bring it up and to kind of plant that seed in y'all's mind and get y'all thinking, you know, is Steve Wilkes potentially the guy? Yeah. And if not, in what direction do we go? Yeah, the fans love him, though. Like, under sure. the, the press conference uh, comments, like, stuff on Facebook, like, when I be looking at that stuff, like, the fans are, are really bought into Yes. What Steve Wilkes has done so far. Yeah, and and so. it's a weird, it's a weird place to be, and because you know, I don't know if Steve Wilkes is doing the best job in the league, but we just know how shit Matt Rule is. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying? If you got a pile of shit right here in one hand, and you got a pile of you know, of uh, 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 cement in the right hand, neither one of them are valuable. Yeah. You know, to a certain degree, neither one of them are valuable, but you're going to take the hand that has the cement in it. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. And and Dave Tepper, we, we know how he operates. And then when you go and make a statement, like, I don't, I'm just saying, like, kind of uh, paraphrasing it because I don't remember exactly what he said, but basically saying that based on this season, like, that would determine if Steve Wilkes gets a, like, if he gets, if he gets a look. Yeah, if he gets a look and be considered for the job. So when you make a statement like that, then it's kind of like, um, I don't know. He's kind of put in a shaky situation because obviously – I don't. I doubt Dave Tepper expected him to wheel the team to the playoffs after a one and six start. Yeah. So or I mean, one and five start, whatever it was. Yeah. So that would just be completely unrealistic expectations. And so I mean, like, yeah, when you make a statement like that, but say we only win two more games this year, two or three more games, has he done enough to get the head coaching job in the eyes of Dave Tepper after making a statement like that? Because it's like, obviously, the record wouldn't show it, but if we have to base it off how the team has played since Steve Wilkes has became the head coach, then I see something completely different. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. I mean, it just, it's hard to get in the mind of Dave Tepper, mm-hmm. you know, in all seriousness. Like, I know I've been vocal about how I feel about Dave Tepper, you know, and, and how kind of, you know, he's, he's approached the, the Panthers. Um and, and kind of how dismissive he's been of the city of Charlotte. Um, but in all seriousness, it's kind of hard to gauge, you know, his thought process because anybody, you know, in my opinion, if you take any other NFL owner in the NFL, Matt Rule would have been gone a very, 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 very long time yeah, ago. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the fact that he couldn't bring himself to let go of a guy that he brought in. It shows the ego that goes into it. Um, and it also shows that he's unpredictable in the sense of like, even if you think that this is the right thing to do, I don't think it's the right thing to do. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. He has like a sort of like a, a Jerry Jones mentality in a sense, because Jerry Jones also doesn't like to let go of the players that he drafted. Yeah. And sure. so, Sure. Hey, that, like that's kind of how when you put it together like that, that's kind of how Dave Tepper has shown to be, especially in the stint with Matt Rule, because he sh- his ass should have been shipped. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. So, but I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. Um, we're gonna move on to our players of the week this week. Um, and I'll let you start this off. I already know who you're gonna say because. <laughs> Niggas claim, you know, niggas be swearing JJ be dick riding, but for the past three weeks, that's all I've been hearing. So go ahead and go ahead and get it. <laughs> your player of the weekend. I mean, any other player, any player other than Deontay Foreman would just be completely fucking ludicrous to me, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, no shade, but shade because JJ's not gonna pick Deontay Foreman. I'm not. And so, but yeah, Deontay Foreman had. 31 attempts, excuse me, with 130 rushing yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's fucking Derrick Henry numbers. Nah, for real. And so, so I mean, like, even when you have enough, like, confidence to even give your running back the ball 31 times, like, those are Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, um, 
who are other big uh, Nick Chubb. Yeah, like those are their kind of numbers as far as like uh, touches, and so touches and productivity. Actually. Yeah, exactly. And so Deontay Foreman has been doing a hell of a job since he has gotten the opportunity to assume that starting role and like really he's handled it well. And so I mean, he he's rushed for over a hundred yards and what like. Three at least three of the games this year. Yeah, three of the games that he yeah. started. If I'm not mistaken, he's yeah, 100 plus yards. 118 twice, and then 130 this week. I mean, so uh, averaging 4.2 yards a carry this week, and so I mean, he just had. I, I just have to give him the player of the game. I mean, yeah. he really ran the Atlanta defense in the fucking dirt. Yeah, like when you sure. have somebody that fucking big running at you and knowing that you're not gonna tackle him off of first contact. And it's just like bully ball at that point. Yeah. And so I have to give it to Deontay for me. He played great this week. Fair point. Um, <laughs> would you like to tell the people who my player of the week is? Yeah, nah, by the... Nah, nah, nah. nah. What was you about to say? What would you go ahead and say what you want? I was about to say, y'all Y'all know how we um was talking about like the the over-under with um, Frankie Louvu. <laughs> yeah. That nigga lost that. <laughs> that was a bet. That was a bet just to put y'all on. Like, I was going there earlier, and then I just went off on a tangent. But the bet was, like, over under three and a half times I mentioned Frankie Louvu's name this week, and I, and clearly I fucking failed yeah. and lost a bet. Um, But I will say, ironically enough, I am not going Frankie Louvu this week <laughs> my player of the week. Um, And no, it's not because y'all niggas be on my dick about dick riding Frankie Louvu. It's not because <laughs> of that, because if... I felt as though he was my player of the week, then I would say he was my player of the week. But I will say my player of the week this week is Sam Franklin. <laughs> no cap. <Hey. laughs> no cap. That is my player of the week, Sam Franklin. Now, honestly, that threw me off, but I mean, I respect it. Yeah, for sure. I knew it was. Like, that's why I didn't even put it in the notes or nothing. Because I was like, hey, he's going to tweet when I say that shit. But nah, like, that ass Sam Franklin is my player of the week. Um, Like, Frankie Louvu. And I'm only saying this because of how I'm going to lead the shit up. Yeah. Frankie Louvu started off as a as a guy that made a crazy amount of plays in the short amount of time that he got to play on the field last year, specifically in the special teams realm, right? And Frankie Louvu won a lot of the Panthers fan base over last year with his play in special teams. Sam Franklin this season on special teams has been fucking crazy. Yeah. And the way that he's played this year, this week specifically, was fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, and this is shit that I, like, I actually look at because I know how vocal we were on, about special teams the first week and a half, two weeks of this podcast. And I know how shit special teams look. Yeah. Um, But Sam Franklin is, is, is a dog, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, like, he is a dog. Like, he, he, time after time after time, he makes... Every single play, yeah, on special teams, yeah. like, and it's it's crazy because like, I saw this nigga this past week get put on his ass on I don't know if it was punt return or 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 excuse me punt. It was on punt. He it was on punt. Got put on put on his ass like six or seven yards away from the ball, popped up like a up down, <laughs> and still made the tackle, bro. Yeah. So like, Sam Franklin, the way he he he's played the gunner position this year. The way he's played on kickoff, um, I don't even know if he's on punt return or kickoff return or what, but I know those two specific units, 
he's been the best player on both of those units. Nah, for sure. And he's not he's not just trying to make a tackle. Like Sam Franklin, he running down there to ten a nigga. Yeah, like, like, he, like, <laughs> like he running down like, there to knock your, knock your shit loose. <laughs> like oh god, and if y'all don't know what ten a nigga mean, <laughs> that means putting a nigga under the blue tent. <laughs> that's what ten a nigga mean, and that's how Sam Franklin be coming down. Like he really be coming down to tent a nigga, and nine times out of ten he's making the tackle like with malicious intent. Yeah, nah, for real, he he really be like every play. Yes, I, I know I'm gonna see 42 down that bitch. Yeah, on God. Yeah, <laughs> I know I'm gonna see 42, and so yeah, I I completely like I I can't like disagree with that. Sam Franklin and me and you were talking about it like during the game. Yeah, like Sam Franklin would really be on his shit on special teams. On God, and it like I said, like we said earlier too, like it was it's crazy because special teams was like a unit that we shit on mm-hmm. like the first two weeks, like on God. But now that special teams is like. You know, it's nothing crazy. It's not phenomenal. But actually, I won't even say that because Johnny Hecker is doing a hell of a job, too. Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 put, us, he's put our defense in phenomenal positions to be successful. Yeah. Um, And Sam Franklin, he's played a huge role on that, in, in that as well. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. <laughs> All of that being said, like, it, that's just what it is. That's my player of the week, Sam Franklin. Um, You know, it, it's funny because we, we had the article – Maybe about a month and a half, two months ago, you know, with with about Steve Wilkes and Phil Snow not seeing eye to eye on certain shit. And one of the names that was brought up in that, you know, in that article or in that in whatever, I don't, it, it wasn't even an article. It was just like that Twitter thread. Yeah. One of the names that was brought up in that thread was Sam Franklin. And, you know, Steve Wilkes. His position was allegedly was that some of these niggas are just simply like special team guys, and like you can be a successful NFL player if you're strictly a, a special teams guy. Yeah. If you make impact plays on special teams, and like Sam Franklin's name came up on that list, like Phil Snow wanted to implement him and put him at safety or corner or whatever may have you, and like he's just not that type guy. Yeah. He's, he, he he's not going to be successful in that. Yeah. Because that's not his thing. Now, can he get there? Absolutely. Sam Franklin is still a young guy. I want to say he's only been in the league for three years, yeah. if that. Um, but special teams is his thing right now. Yeah. And and that's what I, like, commend Sam Franklin on because it's like everybody is not going to be this star safety or star corner or just really be the best at a position that, like, a bunch of people watch or really take notice of. But, like, Sam Franklin is owning his position of being that guy on special teams. For sure. Like, and a lot of people, like, I feel like your special teams looks different when you have guys who want to play special teams, who takes pride in playing special teams. Like, a lot of guys don't do that. Mm -hmm. But Sam Franklin, like, because I know that that can be tough on a guy who feels like, you know, they should be starting or they should be out there on the field, like, subbing in and out for like the safeties and stuff for whatever position. But Sam Franklin really owns being that guy on special teams. Yeah. Like sure. he, he's given a hundred percent every time he lines up on special teams. And so that that's something that you need on a team. And so yeah, I mean I completely agree. Like yeah. Sam Franklin being your player of the week, I can't knock that. For sure. For sure. And I like I mean I you know I like highlighting guys that are not going to get love, like, not going to get the most love. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
two weeks ago or whatever may happen, like I mentioned earlier, like um, Bradley Bozeman. He was my player of the week a couple weeks ago. Like, yeah. These people, these guys make impacts on the game. Yeah. And if it, if they're not in the position, you know, or if they're not doing their job as highly effective as they are currently, then we're not, as a team, we're not as successful as we, you know, currently are. Yeah. I guess you can say that, quote, unquote, because we're not really necessarily, you know, successful as a team. But y'all understand where I'm going. Like, y'all understand what I'm trying to say. Like, if if... These guys don't do their job. We're not going to win football games. Yeah. And I think Sam Franklin, the job that he did this week, played a huge part in us winning this football game. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So that's my player of the week. Um, Obviously, honorable mention, Deontay Foreman. No question. Hell of a job from him. Hell of a game from him. Um, Another honorable mention, the whole offensive line. Another honorable mention, Frankie, Frankie, of course. Um. But really, just the whole team, with the, with the exception of PJ, and that's no disrespect. Like that's not even on no funny shit. But yeah, like if we take the skill guys, if we take skill guys, receivers didn't do shit. So I guess you could take them out of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, PJ won't on shit, but Deontay, um, JC, uh, X, with the exception of you know the drop interceptions from him, uh, D line, with the exception of Etor. Like, <laughs> like everybody could damn near get it, get an honorable mention with the exception of some of the guys that I just named. But yeah. you know, those are the those are the guys that I want to highlight specifically. Sam Franklin, he is my player of the week. Um, best and worst. I'll start this off, and we'll kind of we'll kind of get through this relatively quick, and then you know we'll we'll just touch on maybe two minutes of you know our, our matchup next week with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, best and worst for me. The best thing I saw <clears throat> probably this week, uh, not even probably, the best thing that I saw this week was our run our, our run game offensively or offensive line-wise, should I say, excuse me. So the best thing that I saw this week was our offensive line um, and the way they were able to keep continuing uh, to punch Atlanta in the mouth and keep laying on them and keep, you know, doing their assignments, you know, and, and, and helping Deontay Foreman have the type game that he had this week. Um, so the best thing for me would be the offensive line, specifically in the run game. Um, and the worst thing for me this week that I saw was the dropped interceptions. Yeah. That was the worst thing that I saw this week. Um, again, you play against elite-level talent like Lamar, like Josh, you know, like Pat, um, like Brady. These dropped interceptions come back and haunt you. They come back to bite you in the ass. Again, we saw it last week with the, uh, you know in the game with the Cincinnati Bengals, we did. Um, so it's one of those things that just simply has to change. Yeah, that was the worst thing I saw this week. What about for you? Uh, best thing I saw. I'm gonna kind of like boil it down to something kind of specific. Um, I would say the the last Atlanta drive, the defense, the way the defense played that last drive, yeah. um, specifically. Marquise Haynes coming in and getting those two sacks. Um, that was big. Atlanta still had a chance to, you know, they still had a chance to, I think, was this the drive before we scored three or was it after we scored three? This was after. Yeah. This was after because I don't think we did anything after that. I think that we kind of just kneeled it out after that. Yeah. So, I mean, the defense came out and closed the game, and I know that that's what a lot of players were we're talking about um, defensively. A lot of those guys like Brian Burns and Shaq Thompson were saying that the defense has to – they have to start closing games. Yeah. And I think that 
they came in and did that. Um, they they had the two big sacks. Um, the defensive line just got a lot of pressure in those moments, and that's something that we needed. And so that was the best thing that I saw in the offensive line. Uh, worst thing, um, I would say the worst thing is probably, even though I just hyped y'all up, sorry, I got to tear y'all down a little bit. Um, just like the tempo, like when, when teams run no huddle, like just playing consistent throughout the whole game. Yeah. Because um, we shouldn't even have allowed them to put three on the board. Uh, going out of that um, at the end of the first half. Yeah. But we just completely looked gassed out, um, half-assed it. And so, like, we, we just have to be better in those moments. So that's probably the worst thing that I saw. But, I mean, yeah. Cool. Pretty much. Cool. Um, another another thing that I saw that was the worst thing that I've ever seen in my fucking life was Etor Gross Montez <laughs> play football. I just wanted to throw that out there. No cap. Um... Score predictions for next week against Baltimore. Well, first and foremost, let's go to our uh, let's go to our keys to victory. I think there's, I mean, for me personally, there's one thing. There's one thing, right? Their defense is proving itself to be mediocre, to say the least. So offensively, I don't think that we'll have any problem doing what we want to do against the Baltimore Ravens offensively. We just have to come out and execute. The only thing that I can say, your key to victory is pressure Lamar Jackson and contain him. Yeah. Is it realistic? No. Especially if Etro Gross Mato starts. It's not realistic at all. And I say that in not a joking manner at all. I say that dead ass serious. Especially if Etro Gross Mato starts, it'll be exceptionally hard to do that. Um, and even more hard than it's already going to be because – there's really no doing that with Lamar Jackson. There's no containing him. Yeah. <laughs> um, only thing that you can do is limit the amount of times that he escapes the pocket and beats you. So the key to the game, the key to victory for this game, in my opinion, is Lamar Jackson. And I say that in the sense of, like, stopping Lamar Jackson. <laughs> because everything else I think will fall into place, like their run game, um, it's going to be very, very challenging to stop that run game, especially with you know us showing that we are very porous when it comes to the run. When it comes to the run, um, we saw it week one against Nick Chubb. We saw it again. Um, damn, I'm going blank. My apologies. Uh, who torches, bro? Uh, Joe Mixon. Yes, thank you. I don't know why I went blank that quick. Uh, we saw it last week with Joe Mixon giving up four touchdowns to him on the ground. Yeah. So we've shown that we can be very porous at times when it comes to, you know, the run game. And, and Baltimore's run game is elite. Yeah. You know, nothing less than elite. Um, so that's going to be a challenge as well. But I think that if we stop Lamar Jackson or if we contain Lamar Jackson, I think that everything else falls into place. I do. Um, defensively, I'm not worried about shit. Like, I, offense, I expect offense to come out and put up 20-plus points. Okay. I expect offense to come out and put up 20-plus points. Do I expect us to win? And I'll go ahead and get my whole thing, and I'll let you close it out. I do not expect us, uh, expect us to win this game. I think it would be unrealistic for me to think that we could win this game. Mm -hmm. um, I would love if we could. 
I would love if we could. Like, I'm damn sure going to be cheering for us to cheering for us to win. Um, and I'm going to be just as emotional as I always am if we don't or when I see a bad player or whatever may have you. Like, but I don't think it's realistic to think that we win this football game. Um, so for my score prediction, I'm going to go, uh, let's say, 34 to 25. 34-25. Okay. Baltimore. Um, but that's really all I have on, on that matchup. Like, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a challenge. It's gonna be a challenge. This is one of those games that um if we were in a better position standings wise, and if you know, if Matt Rule wasn't our head coach for the first five to six weeks, uh, this would be kind of a matchup that I would be way more up for. But I am not looking forward to this matchup Sunday. Yeah. I'll be honest. I don't think this game is going to be fun to watch as a Panthers fan. Um, you know, certain losses you can deal with. Like, we came in here after the, the first Atlanta game, and, and the mood was, was different than, you know, other losses that we suffered this year. Um, but I don't think that this is going to be one of those losses. I think that this I think that this is going to get bad for us. Maybe not as bad as the Cincy game, but I think that it, that uh, things will go, go south for us. Yeah. This game. I agree. Um, I do have us losing 35-17. I was going to say 10, but I'm hoping that we put up we can put up more than fucking 10. So I have us losing 35-17. Um, keys to victory would be, like you said, containing Lamar. Yep. Lamar and Mark Andrews. But yep. the Ravens do have a top offensive line in the league. I think that I heard that they were ranked maybe. They're definitely in that top five. Yeah, uh, they, they their offensive line has been playing great, um, and w- we've seen that we have the tendency to overrun plays when we play scrambling quarterbacks. Um, other than Marcus Mariota this last game, but I think that that was more so because of like the defense really just got pressure up the middle. Yeah, and so, but I mean. On on plays like read options, you know the the Ravens like they run stuff like that, mm-hmm. and we we tend to let our eyes beat us a lot. And so, um, but I mean, hopefully that's something that we game plan for, knowing that we're playing against Lamar Jackson. But I mean, you can't really game plan against him, honestly, yeah. because I mean he's Lamar Jackson. He's gonna do what Lamar Jackson does. But yeah, um, the keys would be containing Lamar Jackson. That's gonna be hard. I don't really see it happening just because our, our defense is very fast, but a lot of the times that, that gets us in trouble. If yeah. a quarterback can get us moving in one direction, then we're pretty much just fucking beat mm-hmm. when he goes the other way. So, I mean, yeah, that would be the keys to victory, but I do have us losing uh, 35-17. Gotcha. So. And for your best and worst things from last week. Best and worst things from yeah. I already did those. Oh, you did them already? I already did oh, those. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Cool. That means it's time to end this shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm right. starting to get delirious over here for real. I already real. did those. Um, Cool. Well, do you have anything else to say? Anything else to wrap up with? I mean, yeah. Before we end it, I do want to thank the fans for tuning in and showing love and support. Like, going back home and just like, Hearing people like make comments about the podcast and stuff like that, how they enjoyed it, how they been sharing it along with friends and stuff, and just people really making the time and effort to 
to listen uh, and interact. Like, we love when fans interact, no matter if it's good or bad. If they're on yeah. our heads, like, we love that shit. So, uh, keep it up, man. We're going to continue to push content. We're going to continue to give you guys what y'all want. And I had a lot of requests saying that, hey, we need it before Wednesday. Oh, God. Like, that's yeah. the only reason, bro. I swear to God. Because I was chilling with the family. Yeah, week. yeah. Same. Like, I, me and JJ were both be chilling out of town. And I was like, man, we got to get the fans what they want, man. They don't want it on Wednesday. So, we said, fuck it. We're going to give it to y'all on Monday. <laughs> and so, yeah, we appreciate y'all tapping in and tuning in, man. Oh, definitely. And we are going to do the giveaway. I swear yeah. to God we're going to do the giveaway. Like I, We're going to do it. We're going to do it tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, I've been tweaked out. Yeah, we got you <laughs> We're going to do it tomorrow. I swear to God, like, tune in. Like, actually, no, we're going to do it today. When you guys hear this podcast, we'll have a post up. So go tune in or go check us out right now um, on Instagram, at For Panthers Fans Only. Also, follow us on TikTok, at For Panthers Fans Only. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube at the G2S Network. Um, when y'all see that post go up, make sure to interact with it. Follow the instructions for your chance to win um, the gift card to Chick-fil-A. Yeah. So what, we do, what do we decide on? $30? $30. We'll do a $30 gift card to Chick-fil-A. $30 gift card to Chick-fil-A. That's a couple of meals. I know Chick-fil-A is you know, a little more yeah. pricey nowadays, yeah. but hey, it's still a couple of meals. So, you know, fuck it. Yeah. Get one. Take your, your your boyfriend, take your girlfriend, whatever may have you. Take them out. Y'all go get, you know, Chick-fil-A on FPFL. Yeah. For sure. And I mean, yeah, yeah, and it'd be real simple. Just follow the rules of the post. Probably be a like. Uh, you got to be, you got to like the post. You got to follow us on Instagram. For shit, sure. And then, yeah. That, yeah, <laughs> so I mean, just follow the rules of the post, but we will have that giveaway posted, man. We appreciate y'all for tapping in for sure. Most definitely, man. Thank you, guys. As always, this has been another episode of Four Panthers Fans Only. JJ. Uh, Terrence the God. Appreciate y'all. Most definitely. We out. Peace. Bring her to the law. She gave the Addy up. Bouncing out the guinea looking like it. Tell him add me up. I'm acting up. Yeah. Them niggas is mad as fuck. Gotta put they dog in the dirt. The homie bagged him up. Stop with all these interviews, though. You niggas just acting tough. Whacking out the hood. Y'all niggas don't know shit about that Mazi. Y'all don't know shit about that Mazi. I don't. No. <laughs> For real? Uh, 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 I mean, I've seen him a few times. I heard of him. Place to call and cause a massacre. Yeah. Trafficker. Purple lavender on my new traveler, new bagler. And I bought a credit different calibers. This